At six o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines are warning that ambulance drivers are falling asleep at the wheel. Bedfordshire's chief constable steps down from the job and a lucky escape after the collapse of a car showroom in Milton Keynes. BBC Three Counties Radio. Unions are calling for better conditions for ambulance staff in beds and hearts after claims that some have fallen asleep at the wheel due to long working hours. Unison's East of England branch has released a video which shows staff talking about how scared they are about making clinical errors and causing accidents. This worker says they can get too tired. I think the most I've ever done is 370 miles in one shift. It's, it's too much. 15, 16 hours is, is becoming a big problem. And I ended up nearly going to the back of a car. I had to do emergency stop. And we had to stop and take a break because we're just too tired. The Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police has announced she's retiring just two years into the job. Colette Paul says that after 33 years' service, she wants to spend more time with her family. It'll come as a serious blow to the Police and Crime Commissioner Ollie Martins, who recently lost a referendum to raise council tax and provide the force with more officers. A quick-thinking employee raised the alarm just minutes before the roof caved in at a car showroom in Milton Keynes. The worker heard a noise and managed to get everyone out of the building before disaster struck at the Audi showroom in Bletchley yesterday. Gail Sanderson reports. About 20 cars parked on a roof fell through into the workshop below. They were left buried in rubble. The showroom, which is owned by the Jardine Motors Group, was their only showroom built to that specification and opened last November. An investigation is being carried out by officials from the Building Control Department and Milton Keynes Council and the Health and Safety Executive has been informed. Dog owners may soon be forced to walk their pets on a lead in certain public areas of Hertfordshire. Three Rivers District Council is proposing the move following concerns about some dogs upsetting other members of the public. The government's cutting costs in the NHS by reviewing the pay of senior managers and capping the rates paid to agency staff. More than £3 billion was spent on temporary doctors and nurses last year. Claire Bilness, who runs the HCL Locum Agency, says approved rates have already been agreed. It's the enforcement of these rates that has been a problem in the past. So whilst we welcome these caps on hourly rates, it's important to ensure that the NHS is given the tools and the support to ensure that these things are enforced. And I would encourage the government, the Department of Health and the NHS to work with the industry to bring about these changes. In sport, Andy Murray is through to the quarterfinals of the French Open after a four-sets win over Jeremy Shardy. And England's cricketers will resume on 44 without loss in the second test against New Zealand, needing 455 to win. The weather will be cloudy with rain this morning, turning brighter this afternoon but still windy. Top temperatures around 19 degrees Celsius, that's 66 degrees Fahrenheit. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. In this modern world of ours, where all is push and shove, everybody's got to have something he can love. Some folk like to spend their lives on horses, dogs and booze. Others pass their time away with monkeys, lions and gnus. But me, poor, I like birds, birds, birds. Kind of bird, nothing seen on earth thrills me like a bird. I like birds, birds, birds. You can take my word 
nothing like a bird, bird, bird. There's a throttle-throated, plushy-coated, lushy little thrush who twitters every evening by me door. She whistles up near all lots of lovey-dovey slush. It makes me feel so poor. I like a bird who rests on me hairy chest where she's built a nest in my old string vest. I like birds, birds, birds. You can take my word. There ain't nothing like a bird, a bird, a bird. I like birds, birds, birds. I like birds. I used to keep my star be a sensation with an awl. I've often fancied a poodle. Not like I fancy a bird. Off me porridge. Football and cricket about it. I love birds. Hey, I tell you what, can we play my brother as well? Terry Scott, my brother, I love that. Do you know that song? Uh, yeah, I think I do know. Can we dig it out? Let's play that after half past. It's brilliant. It's National Terry Scott Day today. What are you doing to celebrate? I'm going to be called June. Hey! That sitcom ran for 38 years. They must have been tired. Hey! <laughs> Morning, guys. Ian Lee. Hey, by the way, Kelly. It's good to have you back. Thank you. Busy show this morning. Um say that. I mean, I, I've literally not looked at it. I've had two hours sleep. I feel fat because I am fat. Today's the day the teddy bears have their picnic. Here we go, guys. Across Here we go. Fortunately for you, it's all in hand. Yeah. Oh. Radio. Oh, so, oh. Um, so uh, you just, what, did that just flash up on the television, yeah. that news? Yeah, do, 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 do we have breaking news, dear listener? Charles Kennedy, former leader of the Liberal Democrats, has passed away. Gosh, uh, do we know any more than that? Nope. Or, okay, well, that's we know that he was... Um, the, the, the instant assumption to make is it, it, it was his uh, alcoholic demons that might have had something to do with it, but we don't know that. Uh, but he's passed away. That's very sad, isn't it? Right, uh, we'll have more on that throughout the show, as and when it happens. Good morning. Let's say good morning to the team. Good morning to... Um, uh, it's Kelly, isn't it? Yep. And uh, the other lady. Good morning. What, me? Yeah, well, well, I don't see any other ladies, other lady. You've never called me a lady before. That ain't no lady. <laughs> That's my producer. That's my wife. <laughs> that ain't no lady. That's my... I'm stalling while I try and find a good song, because there's no way I'm playing Sam Smith or the Bee Gees. What's wrong with Sam Smith? He's a, he's a Bee Gee. <laughs> hang on a minute. We'll find something good. Here we go. Um, hang on, don't worry. Hang on a minute. It's, it's going to be one of those shows, guys. When, it, when isn't it? Listen uh, to me printing out. <laughs> don't print out live on go. air, mate. Have some of that. Hey! Uh, I really should have um, planned this show better. Hang on. Um, hang on. Hang on. I don't want to play I Like Birds I might again. have one for you. Not again. How's that? This will do. Yeti, get oh, in awesome. there. We come on this loop, John B. My grandfather and me Around Nassau town We did roam Drinking all night Got into a fight Well, I feel so broken I wanna go home So hoist 
guys. Now, the Chief Constable of Bedfordshire has announced she's retiring after just two years on the job. In a message to colleagues, Colette Paul said after 33 years of service, she was retiring to spend more time with her family and to travel. It's all right for some, isn't it, eh? Uh, Catherine's got more on this, but not a lot more on this because, um, well, it, it kind of happened quite late last night, didn't it, and surprised everybody. It did. We got the news about nine o'clock last night, and we've only really just got used to having her around, although it has to be said over the last few months, it's been... Around, yes. Well, it's been a bit quiet, hasn't it? We've been asking to speak to Colette, and uh, for one reason or another, she's not been available. But still, two years into the job, barely two weeks after Ollie Martin's referendum, Colette Paul's announced she's taking early retirement. Now, you'll remember the Chief Constable came uh, in back in May 2013 and really had to hit the ground running because there'd been 16 gun-related crimes in Luton in the first part of that year. Um, there was a spate of tit-for-tat attacks uh, between rival gang members, Lucy Farm and Marsh Farm. Don't you remember? We were I coming do remember, to work it. yeah, it was something horrible. You had happened Every over. week. It seemed relentless, but uh, there were a coordinated series of raids and arrests and that all calmed down. Uh, more recently, Colette Paul's had to oversee a counter-terrorism initiative, something she'd had experience of in previous positions elsewhere in the country, along with some really serious sort of social tensions sparked by the death in custody of Leon Briggs back in November 2014. So a lot of people were surprised when, against that backdrop, she gave permission for Channel 4 cameras to come into Luton Police Station mm. to film this documentary. Do you remember? People thought, I mean, this could go horribly wrong. Uh, 24 hours in police custody um, was questioned and criticised at the time, but actually, I think most people now think it, it was a move that paid off when the force really needed to reconnect with the public. The and first were, couple of episodes were good, then they got a bit boring, didn't Well, they? and also people were wondering how they were going to... I mean, there were some serious and uh, significant uh, markers in the Leon Briggs case during the time that that was supposed to be aired, but it was taken off air around the times when things were particularly sensitive, which, yes. was, which was a smart move. Um, You're freestyling, baby, so yeah. I'm, I'm just going with you. Well, and they're still working on reconnecting with the public, something that a lot of police forces have to concentrate on at the moment, especially when it's increasingly difficult, given the financial constraints many of them are under. Ollie Martins, in particular, in Bedfordshire, was trying to sort out the uh, county's problem by getting a bigger slice of the council tax yes. recently with that referendum two weeks ago. So if Colette Paul came into a challenging patch two years ago, whoever replaces her will have no less of a challenge. Um, you'll know that a recent report by Her, Her Majesty's uh, Inspectorate of Constabularies raised concerns about response times and reduction of frontline officers. So without a huge cash injection, which looks highly unlikely from the government, someone's going to have to work some serious magic in Bedfordshire. Catherine, thank you very much.
Let's be Avenue. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's still quiet this morning in Bishop Stortford on the A120 Bishop Stortford Bypass. There's temporary traffic lights between the M11 Junction 8 for the Birchanger services and Stansted Road, so that could cause some delays. And on the A10 southbound, there's a lane closed for roadworks between the A10 at the Hardiston Roundabout and Great Cambridge Road at the Turnford New River Trading Estate. Looking at the cameras on the CCTV cameras, and it does look really wet on the motorway, so surface spray and visibility could be a problem. And on the trains, Great Northern have possible delays between Hatfield and Welland Garden City because of a signalling problem earlier. But Virgin Trains East Coast are back to normal again after some delays between Stevenage and King's Cross with a problem with the line side equipment that has now been fixed. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. I've got to ask you, Samantha, what are you okay. doing to celebrate National Terry Scott Day today? I don't know who Terry Scott is. I'm sorry, who is he? <laughs> I don't know who he is. Hang on, can I Google him? Goodbye, Sammy. Goodbye, Sammy. <laughs> Unbelievable. As Delia's uh, just uh, reminded me, thank you, Justin. Terry Scott, local and vocal, lived in Watford. Boom. National Terry Scott Day. Your Terry Scott memories, please, uh, as we campaign to uh, get him a posthumous knighthood. I think that can be done. Why the hell not? We're Britain. We can do what we want. 6.16, it's Tuesday. It is the uh, set, 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 th- 2nd of June. June? June? I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, the Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police, Colette Paul, has announced she's retiring just two years into the job. Ambulance drivers in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire claim they're so overworked they're falling asleep at the wheel. And dog owners in the Three Rivers area of Hertfordshire could soon be forced to walk their pets on a lead. Dealey, can you take Terry Scott to the streets, please? Let's get some wonderful memories of a British legend. These Three Counties Radio. If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. Did the drugs in his mouth kill him? No, it, they didn't. Okay. And, you know, Did they play a part in his death? Toxic. He had four glasses of champagne, two bottles of wine, four cocktails. What's two French? I have a feeling that was a cocktail as well. But there is a way you can hear it all again. And, Renata Blower, you have just allowed the first ever nurse to be funded for Great Ormond Street who will deal specifically with children who have undiagnosed conditions. bbc.co.uk slash threecountiesradio. Well, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bebshotley Martins joins me in the studio. Were you wrong to go ahead with this referendum? But what was the alternative? As I've said, I was not, that was not a situation that I was prepared to just sit there and do nothing about. Allowing you to listen to sit what you missed. BBC.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio. I think I can do a good Ollie Martins, Justin. I need a bit more work. <laughs> How you doing, fella? Yeah, very good. And uh, Terry Scott, yeah, very much local and vocal. He was uh, a Watford boy. And uh, I'm sure there are people out there Plenty of memories. who went to school with Terry Scott. Take, t- t- can you take it to the streets, Just? With pleasure Let's and delight. Light. Let <laughs> it was good. To, we might play my brother later on. I love please, that song. Please. I love it's in my folder. It's there. We got it. I can see it. Yeah. I can see it. Hang on. If I drag that across, does that work or does that? Because it doesn't always work. Yes, it's you, there. You won't I believe this. Wait, yeah, go on. When I first started doing a request program, yeah. for the first month, that was the most requested track. Was it really? It was. Well, then, then let's um, let's relive those memories, shall yeah, we? Let's do it. Classic. Oh. Here we go. Oh, there's something funny around here. What is it? Oh, it's you. Come here and sit down. You're going to have the truth told about you and put on record. 
Here, please do not sit too close to me. I've just had my breakfast. Thank you. Who put salt in the sugar bowl? Who put fireworks in the coal? Who put a real live toad in the hole? <laughs> my brother. Who put jam in mother's shoe? Who made real caterpillar stew? Who locked granddad in the loo? My brother. My brother said it wasn't he who put shampoo in grandma's tea. My brother said that it was me. My brother's rotten. Who squeezed toothpaste round the hall? Who put soot in the baby's ball? Who drew things on the garden wall? My brother. You ought to see what he drew. Oh, what a surprise. Nobody knew what it was really, but everybody had a jolly good idea. And he wrote slogans. Down with young mothers, that was one. Because he don't think my mum knows how to bring us up right. I don't think so either. You know, every night when we're wide awake, she makes us go to bed. And then in the morning when we're fast asleep, she makes us get up. Whose pet mouse made Auntie shriek? Who ate glue and couldn't speak? What clever dick was sick for a week? My brother. Who keeps maggots in a tin? Plays the twist on his violin. Who's been getting at the gin? My brother. He looks just like a chimney sweep. But dirt, they say, is just skin deep. I know he's good when he's asleep. But you don't know what he's dreaming about, do you? Who wouldn't mind if I ride his bike? Who lets me shoot his gun if I like? Who says I'm best at football, Ludo, snakes and ladders, hide and seek, chasing each other up and down the garden, pinching little girls up the high street? Well, he's got to say I'm best because I'm bigger than he is, and if he don't say I'm best at everything, I'll bash him. Ha-ha! My lovely, lovely brother. Come on, come on, mate, let's get out of here before you fall down the hole in the middle. Come on, give us your hand. We're going to walk here. Yeah, what have you had in your hand? Have you? Four. <laughs> Come on, Kelly, you love that. <laughs> Kelly didn't want to love it, but she loved it. Oh, the ending. Do you like that, Kels? Yeah, it's fun. Nice little observation on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Sounds a lot like John Gaunt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, who said that? Edward Edwards. Oh, Edward Edwards. You're so, you're Two geniuses, Terry Scott <laughs> and John Gaunt. On Twitter. Wow. Scott and Gaunt, you never heard them in the same podcast, did you? Uh, well, I enjoyed that. I'm glad Kelly enjoyed that. That's what that's what my childhood sounded like, Justin. We didn't have, like, pop groups for um, uh, six- and seven-year-olds then. Six- and seven-year-olds weren't into um, uh, real music. Mm. We listened to that and the Funky Gibbon. Yeah, absolutely. Great times. Great! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I can't wait to take this one to the streets. <laughs> I shall uh, report back before seven. Now, listen, thank you. We'll speak to you about that. Uh, um, it's always a weird segue, isn't it, from Terry Scott to ambulance drivers who are falling asleep at the wheel. But that's what we have to do. Ambulance drivers claim they're being uh, worked so hard they're falling asleep at the wheel. That's according to Unison's East of England branch 
who are warning health bosses to step in before something terrible happens. Justin, they've released a video, haven't they? They have, and it's, uh, it suggests this isn't just about having a quiet word in the boss's ear. Uh, this is a warning that they want to go further with this one. Uh, the film, it features a member of Unison. Uh, the members there talking about the increasingly long hours they're working and the fears as well about what it could be doing to their performance. They talk in this video about uh, worrying. They're too tired to give their best of patience. And those who drive say they're very concerned they're going to be falling asleep at the wheel. In fact, one man says that some of his colleagues have already done just that, which is very concerning. Uh, and there's mention of uh, clinical mistakes, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, some of the workers talk about needing to be able to assess patients in the first instance and then deciding the best course of action, um, such as administering drugs. There's a fear that crews coming to the end of their shift, they're exhausted, and this officer here is worried either herself or somebody will be killed. I think the most I've ever done is 370 miles in one shift. It's, it's too much. 15, 16 hours is, is becoming a big problem. And I ended up nearly going to the back of a car. I had to do emergency stop. And we had to stop and take a break because we're just too tired. It does worry me greatly that either I myself or somebody will be killed before long. You know, and we lose people earlier than we should in this job. Well, it's a powerful message. I, I suggest that I've not se I've not actually seen the video. I suggest the music detracts slightly from from uh, the message. Mm. What, what is Unison saying, Just? Uh, well, the East of England branch uh, secretary Freya Stevenson says that uh, frontline staff do an amazing job, but of course they're only human. Uh, Freya goes on to say the situation's got a lot worse over the years, and in the last 12 months they've lost get this 230 frontline staff, which represents 10% of the total workforce. Uh, most trusts, uh, she says, lose around 130 workers through retirement every year. Many felt uh, constantly exhausted from the relentless pressure over late finishes. Some broke down in tears and spoke about leaving the profession. Uh, and working for 12 hours is very demanding physically and often emotionally. And it's only right that at the end of their shift, they can actually go home and rest. What does the union want? Uh, they're looking for a number of practical steps to address the situation. Quite a few of these. A number of them uh, include a fatigue clause, which would allow frontline staff to to safely identify when they need to return to base uh, without fear of disciplinary action. Uh, the last 30 minutes of a shift to only include the immediately life-threatening or red one calls, so essentially not time-wasting calls. Booking crews out of service when their time to travel to base means they already incur a late finish. Removing less critical green one calls in the last 60 minutes and allowing crews to swap over with oncoming crews to prevent late finishes for non-time critical patients. Well, Justin, I look forward to speaking to the East of England <laughs> Ambulance Service later on the show. What time are they coming uh, on, mate? Can you can you guess what time they're coming on? Oh, yeah, no. On, they've not on. sent a statement, yeah, have they? We invited them on to, to do what we do best on this programme. We present a talk radio programme, but um, sadly they've declined, but they've sent us a statement. Oh, it says, we recognise the impact late finishes have on our staff and this is one of our top priorities to address. They also say we already have the most progressive late finish policies in place and we have been working closely with Unison to develop proposals to help reduce late finishes. 
That's what they have to say. Justin, I look forward to celebrating the magic <laughs> of uh, Terry Scott with you before seven. Leave it to me, boss. Thank you, buddy. for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting to get busier on the M25 anti-clockwise. It's building up between Junction 19 for Watford and 18 for Chorleywood. And it's also slow on in Brickettwood on the North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Elsewhere, it's still quiet. In Amersham, it's starting to look a little busy around Station Road where there's roadworks at the rise. And on the trains, Great Northern have possible delays between Hatfield and Welling Garden City because of a signalling problem earlier. They might be cancelled or delayed or revised at short notice. Also on the London Underground, if you're using that the Circle Line and the Hammersmith and City Line have severe delays because of a signalling problem. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. half past six, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, the Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police has announced she's retiring just two years into the job. Colette Paul says that after 33 years' service, she wants to spend more time with her family.
The former Liberal Democrat leader Charles Kennedy has died suddenly at his home in Fort William at the age of 55. Police say they're not treating his death as suspicious. And it's being claimed that ambulance staff in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire are so overworked they're falling asleep at the wheel. Their union says staff have told them they're scared about making clinical errors and causing accidents. The weather will be cloudy with rain this morning, turning brighter this afternoon, but still windy with top temperatures around 19 degrees Celsius at 66 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's cricketers will resume on 44 without loss in the second test against New Zealand, needing 455 to win. Despite the high target and the threat of rain, batsman Joe Root believes they can do it. There is quite a bit of work to do, but we've got an opportunity to do something special. Obviously, rain coming in a way has made things a little bit harder for us because we've got every intention of going out the view to win the game, so that obviously means we've got less time to do that now, but... Um, very positive, got off to a great start and you know, hopefully that can continue. In tennis, Andy Murray will play David Ferrer in the quarterfinals of the French Open while Rafa Nadal and Novak Djokovic face each other in the last eight. The British number one says playing Jeremy Shardy in front of a predominantly French audience spurred him on. It was for sure the best match I've played um, in this tournament so far and um, yeah, the crowd created a good atmosphere and I always, always enjoy that. You know, that's one of the, the challenges of being a professional sports person. You know, when you come up against sort of home favourites and, and the crowd aren't there um, for you, you need to, you know, find a way to motivate you. And I feel like I, I've done that well. Liverpool are set to hold talks with Manchester City's James Milner this week as they close in on signing the midfielder on a free transfer. And the England fly-half Danny Cipriani has been arrested on suspicion of drink driving after a crash in his car. BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at 7 o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. Yeah. Okay. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, man alive. Fat today, Catherine. Today. I'm fat and you can hardly move. Not because of your girth, but because of um, <laughs> you was doing the yoga. I was put through my paces last night. Hey, man alive. The, the yoga is hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't used my... It turns out I have not used my shoulders. Lift your arms. You can't do it. Look at that. It they really... don't go up. But I feel pumped. <laughs> you, well, so you know, I, you know, give it a while, and I shall be, I shall have buns of steel. Because I always uh, thought that it, that yoga was, you know, it was supposed to be kind of spiritual, and you, you know, all that. Not, it's not. It's hard work. Well, there it's was horrible. A bit, there was a bit of that. You're supposed to be thinking Zen thoughts while you're, um, you know, I can't, I can't even use the word. <laughs> How are your chakras? Are your chakras alive? Oh, I haven't even started on my chakras yet. I'm just trying to get my legs to work. 08459 455 555. Any tips for uh, Catherine Boyle to um, A, uh, loosen up, and B, <laughs> shut up about going to yoga all the blooming time? You started it. I know, but you only because I was picking up the conversation. <laughs> um, I'm fat as well. I'm fat. I've got real. I, was, uh, I need to lose a bit of weight. I would say come to yoga, but I don't want no. you standing behind me or in front of me. No, 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 no. Hey, should we have a bit of Elton John and John Lennon? Go on. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank Elton and the boys for having me on tonight. We tried to think of a number to finish off with so that I could get out of here and be sick. And we thought we'd do a number of an older, strange fiancé of mine called Paul. This is one I never sang. There's an old Beatle number, and we just about know it. Here we are. 
Uh, the question is, who gives a stuff about this dog or these dogs? I mean, I don't, I've, I've managed to avoid the whole uh, BGT, um, uh, Britain's Got Talent, in case you're wondering, uh, thing. I, I never do the Britain's Got Talent stories because we're falling into his trap, and we're falling into his trap now by even doing it. But so it wasn't one dog that won, it was two dogs that won. Who cares? But we knew there was a stunt dog. Did we know there was a stunt yeah, dog? Yeah, well, according to papers, we knew there was a stunt dog. Ang- angry Simon Cowell has ordered an investigation after it emerged that Britain's Got Talent was on the front page of the, all the blooming newspapers again. Oh, they love it. Because of a stupid dog. I mean, why? Oh, oh, that programme makes me want to um, jump off of a cliff. I haven't watched any of it and I'm pleased. I've not watched any Big Brother either. I'm not getting paid to watch Big Brother, so I, I haven't watched none either. I feel like I'm like I'm decontaminating myself by not watching these things. Oh, but then, you're getting all, all pure back to the yoga, isn't well, it? Well, yeah, it totally is. But uh, then you go on Twitter and I feel like I've watched it because everyone's talking about so it. So it's a woman 
It's a woman dressed up as a. Pol- well, that's obviously not a police dog. No, she's a dog trainer. So why was she? Why is she? Why is she impersonating? Okay, first things first. Why is she impersonating a police officer? That's against the law. Let's arrest her. Let's arrest her and then execute the dog. Well, what that escalated? Well, it's, why, are we ex- why are we executing? If it? we ex, well, if we had um, twins winning Britain's Got Talent by cheating, we'd execute one of the twins. Let's execute one of the dogs. Fair play. Of course we would. It's it's, it's obvious. I just don't. And people actually make people picked up their telephones and dialed a number to say they thought a dog with a woman impersonating a police officer was entertaining. That's what this country's come to. We're all doomed. We're not going to hell in a handcart. We're in hell and in a handcart. This, uh, it, we're not in the thin end of the wedge. We're at the fat end of the wedge now. We are now. the wedge. The, the, the wedge is so fat that we're sat on it. And it hurts. It really hurts. You know what this is? I think it's just gone politically correct. Completely, my friend. Blooming dogs impersonating dogs, women impersonating police officers. Hey, who does she look like? Dressed up like that. Police officer? Yeah, which police officer? Or which former police officer? Which seemed Col- to be former. That's Colette Paul. Ah, oh, maybe that's why she's taking out of retirement. There we go. The woman that owns the, the fake dogs, she could be um, the new Colette Paul. This is brilliant. There's two dogs, there's two Colette Pauls. Perfect. Handy. Handy, handy, isn't it? What you got in the papers? Well, a number of things. Uh, Any mention of National Terry Scott Day today in the papers? Nothing not at all. For some reason, everyone's no, fascinated with um, Kim Kardashian's stepdad um, becoming a woman and a fine-looking Cindy Crawford impersonator. <laughs> she is too. I would like to see um, it without the airbrushing, but fair play, it's quite a transformation. Yes. Giles is furious with us. Why? Could you play something newer than this um, crap? <gasps> but then, But then, get this, Kels, you're young, right? Could you play something newer than this crap? Like Eminem or 50 Cent? All right, mate. Oh, your right, finger's Nancy. on the pulse. Hey, your finger's about on the pulse from about 10 years ago, does, Grandpa. Does he write 50 Cent? Because everyone knows it's Fiddy. 50 Cent. Thought for a minute I was listening to BBC North. Oh, Giles! Tell you what. Oh, Giles! Tell you what, why don't you take the doubt out of it and jog on to North? Yeah, go on, Giles. We don't need you. We don't need no... Giles Davis. <laughs> anyway, thanks for your comments. Thank Appreciate you, Giles. Great to, great to have you on board. Hey, the um, the boring one out of Pink Floyd, and that's saying something. Which one? The one that looks like Richard Gere or the one that looks like Bumble? The one that looks like Richard Gere um, uh, is a big fan of fox hunting. Yeah. I knew there was a reason I didn't like Pink Floyd's music. I just couldn't work it out, and now I know why. It's because he's a plum. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. Continue, Avu. Office workers, office workers should stand oh. for at least two hours a day to avoid neck and back pain, new advice suggests. Oh, I hate new advisors. And the period should be eventually be increased to foot... The, the period? The period. The, the, the period. period? Yeah, bring it on! I think we should all have a two-hour period. Hick! <laughs> <laughs> the period was too long. We could in the I new can't, place, couldn't we? I, I, yeah, can't, you I, can. can't, I can't come into work today. I'm on my period. Oh, God. Oh, There's a few no. people that do that here, I've noticed. Oh. Office workers should stand for at least two hours a day to avoid neck and back pain, new advice suggests. And the period should eventually be increased to four hours a day with standing-based work and regular walkabouts becoming the norm. Yeah, OK. Yeah, OK, guys. Oh, that's a way to save money by not having desks and uh, chairs. No, thanks. No, thanks. Hey, now, this is a... Ho- I'm going to read a horrible crime. Great to have you back, Kels. This crime is horrible. Why did you look at her and you said horrible crime? Well, because she was yawning. Um, and it caught my eye. 
The yawn caught my eye. Uh, but I wasn't going to draw attention to it. This is a horrible crime, OK, that I'm about to read. It's not in any way funny. It's attacks on pensioners. It's not funny. Oh, I know what it is. Man, 49, charged with slapping five sneezing OAPs on the head. <gasps> I know Kelly's upset that she's crying. <laughs> what do you mean sneezing? They sneeze and he slapped them. What do you mean sneezing? <laughs> what, they... He slapped... They sneezed and he thought he'd slap them. Yeah. Anyway. You got it. A man has been charged with launching a series of bizarre attacks on pensioners for sneezing in public. <laughs> don't cr don't cry, darling. They're all right. They're all all right. Stephen Jackson, 49, is accused of approaching elderly people and slapping them across the head. What's his beef with sneezes? Dirty. Did they not cover their mouth? Officers described the would five... Would that justify it, Kelly, would it? No, I'm just... Talking. Officers described the five alleged attacks, which are not thought to have caused injury, as highly unusual. In February... A 65-year-old was allegedly slapped on the head after sneezing outside a bar. Why is the location relevant? The following month, police were contacted by a 77-year-old lady who claimed that she too had been targeted. A day later, an 82-year-old told officers she'd been struck on the head by a man after sneezing while shopping. <laughs> What's wrong with bless you? <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, guys, that, it, it, that's just. Well, we used to have that at school. We used to, you'd be spammed. You'd go up and spam someone. Do you never spam? Did you have spam? No. No, you go up. Can I spam you? Is that spam head? Yeah. So I give you a spam. Boom. Oh. We used to, used to have banzai as well. That was much worse. What's banzai? That was, um, you'd get your um, hand, all of your fingers into a point. Oh, and you go, like up to, you go up to a boy and you go, banzai. <gasps> right in the old, um, well, you know what. Yeah. Tough times. <laughs> Tough times. Tough times, guys. But, but let's be honest, fun bands. 08459 four double five five double five. Uh, Kelly, rack up those Terry Scott calls. We'll come to them straight after this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, my name's Sammy Bruff and on the road it's going to be... Um, Elaine is having a bad day and it's going to be really busy and stuff. But the trains are OK. And, um... Oh, my, my boyfriend plays acoustic guitar. <laughs> and, um... The road's uh, a bit wet today. Turns out her job is harder than I thought. Really tricky. Speaking in that voice, that irritating voice makes it tougher, doesn't it? That's what really... Um... <clears throat> is she going to... Is she coming or...? Yeah, yeah, she's just doing Kent. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Hello, he hello, Sammy. Hello. How was Kent? Worth, oh, worth us waiting for, was it? it was Kent? Sorry? Um, how did you know that I was talking to Kent? I was um, listening, mate. Oh, what? Yeah. Clever. Was it worth us waiting for? I hope that, uh, well, uh, hopefully they appreciated it, but I don't know. But would you like to know about the travel for, for three counties? We've kind of done it. Yeah. You've done it already? Yes, it's Why, you gonna, don't need me, then? It's going to be a bit rainy today, so be careful on the roads. It's going to be a lot of traffic. You should just do that too. You don't and, need me. And the trains are going to be a bit crowded. It's a bit stinky. 
<laughs> can you beat that? Um, well, I can say that they're going to be delayed. You don't, where are they going to be delayed? On the tracks. They're going to be delayed between Hatfield yep. and Welland Garden City because yep. of a signalling problem. And it's busy on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 19 for Watford. And everywhere else is OK at the moment. There you go. This, my name's Sammy Bruff and you're listening to BBC Radio Kent. Peace out, guys. <laughs> It's 6.47, it's Tuesday the 2nd of June, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police, Colette Paul, has announced she's retiring just two years into the job. The former leader of the Liberal Democrats, Charles Kennedy, has died suddenly at the age of 55. And ambulance drivers in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire claim they are so overworked they're falling asleep at the wheel. Let's get the weather, here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's unseasonably windy outside today and the Met Office has a yellow weather warning in place for the strong winds. Gusts of 40, 50 miles per hour entirely possible through much of today. Accompanied by some light rain and some drizzle, most of the heavy stuff has moved eastwards but we could still get some a little bit of rain uh, continuing through the course of the morning. Brightening up and drying out a little this afternoon but one thing we don't lose is the breeze. Maximum temperature potentially 19 Celsius. Now overnight still breezy, some clear spells. In fact by the end of the day the sun uh, sets around 9.20. We could actually see a bit of sunshine before it sets, then some clear spells overnight. Staying breezy at least until dawn tomorrow morning. Minimum temperature in double figures at 10 Celsius. A much improved day tomorrow. Drier, brighter, calmer conditions. The wind a lot lighter. Some sunshine around tomorrow morning and a maximum temperature of 19 Celsius. And that's your forecast. Every weekday morning. Coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning. Is it a good idea to make jobless teenagers work for their benefits? How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? Are you surprised to see British people being blatantly racist? The JVS Show. I think we've got to get over this issue about racism doesn't exist. It, it has existed. It will probably carry on existing. What I wanted to say is they've got this completely the wrong way around. You know, that, that, that is also true. That is also true. You will always get some, but they are such... A minority. Oh, the man's a buffoon. Get him up, get him out of there, give him a sense of purpose. The JVS Show. Do you think we have got to, as a country, start taking this issue more seriously? Every weekday morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. How's your brand new limousine? 24 inch 
Isn't it a tune? Oh, beautiful. Thanks. Never hear it. You never hear that one. I like that one. Oh, Justin, Justin, Justin. Boss, boss, boss. (laughs) Mate, it's National Terry Scott Day. How are you feeling? (laughs) Do you know what? Feeling high on life. Yeah. Yes. I've got got you... um, I've got everyone a little Terry Scott cake, and uh, oh. I've got some Terry Scott cards to hand out later on, guys. Such so, a great guy. Thank you. Wasn't he just? Uh, you've taken this to the street, just? I have, and you know, Terry Scott, Looking of course, um, local and vocal, born and bred in Watford, <laughs> in Hertfordshire. I spat everywhere then. <laughs> I love that phrase, local and vocal. Local and vocal. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it won't surprise you to know that uh, mm. Terry Scott is not just famous in this part of the world, and of course across the UK, but he's famous worldwide. <laughs> Lots of perspectives coming up here. I've taken Terry Scott to the streets. Here's what happened. Uh, Terry Scott, yeah, fantastic. June Whitfield, uh, proper old-fashioned comedy. An absolute legend, correct? Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Paul, let's get the Polish perspective. I'm um, going to put a name your way, OK? Yeah. Tell me the first thing that comes into your mind, OK? Terry Scott. Legend. Sir, you're a classy guy, but even <laughs> classy guys love Terry Scott, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what's your memories of Terry? Take us back. Uh, he had a wife called June, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. Sir, I think we're, we've, we've lifted your day straight away. Thank you very much. Let's get the Nigerian perspective. Sir, if I said to you, my brother, what would come into your mind straight away? Terry Scott. Wow. <laughs> He's... He's famous worldwide. Thanks for your time. Have a good day, by the way. Oh, thank you. Wow, is it, 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 he is famous worldwide. He is. <laughs> oh, Justin, we get paid for this. Well, it's just, you know, if you go onto the streets yep. and you, you ask people a simple question, they often give a simple answer. And Terry Scott, as we've heard this morning, that, by the way, wasn't in like most radio stations would do. They spend a whole day on that. That was in 20 minutes. Yeah. I could give you right, three hours worth of, right, of people talking great memories about Terry Scott. Calm, calm down. Well, let's save that for the Christmas special. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what we're going to send Justin out on, I've got, I've got an idea. Come on. Do you know what today? Yeah. I'm going to be in my town. If you want to meet the dog, I'm <laughs> going to be at Adafield Square, Hemel Hempstead. This radio car, we've only got it for about uh, another week or so. It's my mm. last full week in the radio car. Yeah. I'm going to get out and about. We're double H in it today. Mm. Well, the fact that he's in that mood instantly makes me worry about this thing that I've come up with. Oh. You've seen the Davina McCall thing? Yes. But he's in that kind of mood. It's my town, though, don't worry. My town, my people. 
Wife's job is to keep a man happy in bed, says Davina. Oh, Davina, mm. you She didn't keep, quite say that. You could keep me happy in bed any time you want. <laughs> she, I think Davina McCall is, I'm going to say this, the most beautiful woman in the world. Wow. She is beautiful. It's the personality as well, uh, Come on, she's got it all. She has got the full package. Her brash style might make you think Davina McCall is a thoroughly modern woman. But when it comes to domestic bliss, the TV presenter is rather old-fashioned. Now she's facing a backlash after telling women they must keep their men happy in bed. The 47-year-old mother of three also said she always makes sure she wears matching husband, matching underwear to please her husband. Miss mm-hmm. McCall, who's been married to Matthew Robertson for 15 years, says you must keep your husband satisfied in the bedroom department even if you're absolutely exhausted, otherwise he will go somewhere else. Ooh. There's an underlying insecurity there, though, that I think makes people... Well, she is quite... I mean, she's, she, she's had her issues in the past, hasn't mm-hmm. she? And um, uh, her, her demons and stuff. How do we phrase this into a question that isn't going to get Jas- uh, Justin arrested? No, I, th- I, think we, I think we can keep it nice and simple. Yeah? I think, I think we can oh. say... Um, oh. I think we can... Why don't we ask men... Um, do you know what? Your name's above the door, actually. <laughs> I actually. I actually think it's a question for the ladies' perspective. I the ladies' the, perspective, I think okay. the ladies' perspective, should you do anything to keep your man happy? You see, by what Davina's saying there, she's almost saying that Even when she can't be bothered? Well, yeah, she's she saying... She pretends. She, she has to do it to keep him happy, but yeah. surely the key to it is that, that she actually enjoys herself? Well, she says here at the end, have I ever started feeling tired and finished feeling very happy? Yes. So you She's not do, like that's what she does to keep her man happy. What do you do to keep your man happy? There we go, Justin. I think that's even worse, to be fair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, only uh, in your mind. Wow, can you imagine people in Hemel, the ladies in Hemel, answering that question? Justin, wow. you can get gold out of this, I can feel it. Because there's, there's a frisson, a tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This could go one way or the other, and I'm hoping it goes the other. I'm going to be in Queen Square, AD Phil, come and see me, and I'll, um, I'll report back to you after 8 o'clock. Ta-ta. Cheers. There we go. Well, even Justin was censoring himself. This is... Mm. Uh, well, they're his people, aren't they? Uh, yeah. What have you got? Uh, boy, this is a story that I don't think is as all it seems uh, no. in the papers. Two-year-old boy has been taken from his parents over concerns about cigarette smoking. Oh, yeah, so. this is brilliant. It's in the sun, yeah, because his parents smoke, so they took the kid away. But that's not the story. That's not it at all. A judge has said the boy who had breathing problems should be put up for adoption because it's not the story. Health visitor Julianne told a family court judge she had trouble breathing when she went into the house where the boy and his father were surrounded by a visible cloud of smoke. Uh, There's also other concerns. I mean, there's... Further down in the story here, in bold, cocaine. Yeah. Yeah, I think there might be other issues It it depends what paper you read it. In the sun, it's because they were smokers. Uh, In the mirror, it's because, yeah, there was really thick, heavy smoke, but also the house was filthy, the kids were dirty, the boy was ill, there were electrical wires everywhere, uh, and the parents were obviously unwell. So, yeah, the smoking thing is, um, um, well, it's nonsense. It's utter nonsense, isn't it? Hey, speaking of utter nonsense, did you see someone argue... If you go to the mirror, page 12... Right. Did you see someone argue... The, the Milton Keynes Audi car dealership yes. yesterday... Yeah, the, I saw some the, pictures. The floor collapsed and all the cars fell through. It's an incredible picture. There were people arguing with the Three Counties Twitter feed. Other social networks are available. Said, well, yeah, it's fake. No, 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 it's not fake. Honestly, we have, our photographers... No, it's fake. You can see it's faked. That picture's faked. 
Um, it turns out it's not faked. Some loads of cars fell through. Twenty, 20 luxury cars plumbed through a ceiling in a workshop floor yesterday, but amazingly, no one was hurt. Day. Are they now? Are they doing any discount on those cars? Because I need a new car. One slightly bent red one. Yeah. Uh, oh, probably. Catherine, <laughs> I'm not looking at your shopping list. We're talking about cars. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1, there's a lane closed southbound after Junction 13 for Bedford because a van's broken down that's causing some queues. On the M25, anti-clockwise, it's slow from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. And having a look at the speed sensors coming out of Aylesbury on Buckingham Road, that's looking quite slow from the A418 towards Elmhurst Road. On the trains, Great Northern have delays between Hatfield and Welling Garden City because of a signalling problem earlier. And on the London Underground, the Circle Line and the Hammersmith and City Line have severe delays. Samantha Braff, BBC. Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Carpet Martin says, I'm celebrating hashtag Terry Scott Day in bed with my Davina Super Body Workout DVD while pulling Terry's classic huffing gurn. <laughs> Guys, it's time to put these childish toys to one side as we crawl out of the rabbit hole. Vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, Bedfordshire's chief constable steps down from the job. The former Liberal Democrat leader, Charles Kennedy, has died. And a warning that ambulance drivers are falling asleep at the wheel. BBC Three Counties Radio. The chief constable of Bedfordshire Police has announced she's retiring just two years into the job. Colette Paul says that after 33 years' service, she wants to spend more time with her family. Paul Scoynes reports. Ms Paul was appointed in May 2013 after serving as an assistant chief constable in South Wales. This will come as a serious blow to the police and crime commissioner Ollie Martins, who recently lost a referendum to raise council tax and provide the force with more officers. He will now begin the process of replacing her, and whoever takes charge will have to deal with fewer resources and the need to make even more savings over the next few years. The former leader of the Liberal Democrats, Charles Kennedy, has died suddenly at the age of 55. The cause of his death is yet to be confirmed, but police aren't treating it as suspicious. Our deputy political editor, Norman Smith, says he was a leader who made his mark on his party. A very gregarious, outgoing, friendly uh, politician, always willing to talk and have a, a laugh with journalists and others, but that shouldn't cloud from the fact he was, in his time... A formidable politician. We shouldn't forget he led the Liberal Democrats to their best result for a long, long time in 2005 when he took a very deliberate and distinct line on the Iraq war against the prevailing consensus behind Tony Blair and Michael Howard all lining up in support of the war. But he very deliberately led the Liberal Democrats uh, against that. Unions are calling for better conditions for ambulance staff in beds and hearts after claims that some have fallen asleep at the wheel due to long working hours. Unison's East of England branch has released a video which shows staff talking about how scared they are about making clinical errors and causing accidents. On it, this worker says they get too tired. I think the most I've ever done is 370 miles in one shift. It's, it's too much. 15, 16 hours is, is becoming a big problem. 
and I ended up nearly going to the back of a car. I had to do emergency stop and we had to stop and take a break because we're just too tired. Dog owners may soon be forced to walk their pets on a lead in certain public areas of Hertfordshire. Three Rivers District Council is proposing the move following concerns about some dogs upsetting other members of the public. In sport, England's cricketers will resume on 44 without loss in the second test against New Zealand, needing 455 to win. And Andy Murray is through to the quarterfinals of the French Open after a four-sets win over Jeremy Shardy. The weather will be cloudy with rain this morning, turning brighter this afternoon but still windy with top temperatures around 19 degrees Celsius at 66 degrees Fahrenheit. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Lee. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can boogie. Can you? Ladies, all the ladies in the house, I said, ladies, if you liked it, you should have put a ring on it. What do you do to keep your man happy? I know, I know, it's 2015, and we've sent Justin Dealey out to ask that question. Oh, dear, it's been so nice working here. I signed a contract. Yeah, what? Mm-hmm. With whom? My now husband. Ah. I wasn't allowed to moan about cricket. Damn it, why did I sign that? there's other bits and pieces. It's a weird kind of vibe. I've had like three hours sleep. I'm feeling fat. So, you know, deal with it, guys. Just deal with it. <laughs> I mean... Beds, hearts and bucks. Deal with it. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. You know the rules, though. We talk about this stuff and you can phone in about this stuff or you can call in about anything you want. I mean, I'm not fussed. Do what you like. Do what you like. I've been spending a lot of time sleeping in my car recently. Yesterday, as you know, I drove to a, a, a local car park to have a sleep for I an hour. I was so tempted to just, um, like, come along. I made the mistake of telling you where I was. Yeah, no. um, And then a car pulled up next to me. I thought, oh, is that Catherine? Oh, flipping heck, she's going to annoy me. But it wasn't. It was um, some bloke. Why would a bloke sit in a... Sorry? Do. What's going on? What? All right. Yeah, I know, but just never with that. Three times a day. No, never with the fury we would that, open that door. You off? That was a furious. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a furious door open. I thought I'm we'd upset sorry. you. I didn't realise. Is she right? So beef. Oh, I worry about her. I worry about her. I feel anyway. so protective towards her. So a guy pulls up next to you. Um, why would you just sit in a car? Right, I was in the car park having a sleep. And by the way, I love sleeping in my car. I love it. I love it. But why would a guy just sit in a car park next to another man's car for an hour? Maybe he'd come for sleep too. He, he looked wide awake. He looked very alert. Hang on a minute. There weren't other cars there, were uh, there? Yeah, there were loads of cars. Yeah, yeah, there were loads were of cars. They, were they flashing to each other? Yeah, yeah, the lights were flashing and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was lying prone. Anyway. Some disappointed uh, dog walkers there. Uh, yeah. The Chief Constable of Bedfordshire has announced that she's retiring after just two years in the job. In a message to colleagues, Colette Paul said that after 33 years' service, she was retiring to spend more time with her family and to travel. Um, Catherine, uh, we, uh, she's not been around for long, has she? She's kind of stopped coming in here. Yeah, we noticed pretty that. Honest, yes. What would you say, the last six months? Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. Which is a bit of a shame, because when she first came in, we were re- she was a refreshing change, Well, when she? she first came in, she was a refreshing change, although I remember she brought in some PR woman with her who was a right pain. 
Remember that? She, we a, couldn't understand why the close approach, because the PR woman wanted to sit uh, next to her, when and actually then, Claire Paul was more than capable of handling <laughs> by herself. And then I said, uh, and we're also joined by your PR woman, the PR woman's, no! Don't oh, refer to me. She went nuts afterwards. She went nuts. Oh, didn't we play your game? I'm sorry. Anyway, so Colette Paul's going. She's going. Two years into the job and barely two weeks after Ollie Martin's referendum, Colette Paul's announced she's taking early retirement. Now, the Chief Constable came to us back in May 2013 and had to hit the ground running because, you'll remember, there were 16 gun-related crimes. There was a real spate of sort of tit-for-tat violence in Luton in particular, uh, and it seemed to be centred on the Lucy Farm and Marsh Farm area. It seemed relentless. It was barely a week went by at, that, uh, at some points where something hadn't happened. But then there was a coordinated series of raids and arrests, and it all went quiet. Uh, she's had a lot on her uh, plate, hasn't yeah. she? Yep, so she came in with that. Then more recently, she's had to oversee counter-terrorism initiatives, something that she'd had experience of in previous positions elsewhere in the country and in Wales, um, along with some social tensions sparked by the death in custody of Leon Briggs back in November 2014, and that, that rumbles on. It was against that background, uh, backdrop that she made the decision to allow Channel 4 cameras into Luton Police Station to film the documentary 24 Hours in Police Custody. A lot of eyebrows raised over that. It was at a very time for the for the uh, the police force in Luton and a, and a move that was questioned and criticized but one that most people with hindsight think paid off at a time when the force really needed to re reach out and reconnect with the public and they're still working on that aren't they? yeah and that, that's something that's increasingly difficult um, when they're having trouble getting a police presence out there given the financial constraints Ollie Martins was trying to sort out by getting a bigger slice of the council tax so if Colette Paul came in at a challenging time two years ago whoever replaces her will have no less of a challenge when they come in. Um, a recent report by Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary has raised concerns about response times and a reduction of frontline officers. And without a huge injection of cash from the government, which looks very unlikely, someone's going to have to work some serious magic. Uh, let's get let's get things of Scoinsy after eight because it was Scoins. Scoinsy's going to come in just before eight actually. So uh, okay, we can speak to him beautiful because um, he kind of he he sent me a message last night going oh I've I've heard a rumour that Colette Paul's about to stand down. Very on time to announce your retirement. Yeah, nine o'clock at night. Yeah, nine o'clock at night. It's a weird one. Ollie Martins is away, is he? I'm I not think. sure. I've tweeted him. I've tweeted Gavin Shuka. I will ring them up in. I think Ollie minutes. Martins is maybe on holiday. I think, but it will be good to get his perspective. Yeah. And your perspective, dear listener, yeah, she didn't come on here very often, um, uh, but I always thought that she was uh, she was feisty yeah. um, and uh, was determined. Um, it's a shock, isn't it? Yeah. Well, she could ha she could handle herself, and I was always quite impressed by the by the responses she gave. She always seemed to, even if she couldn't promise things, she always seemed to be um, interested and concerned about things. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, and here endeth the news. Uh, the papers have got... The, the sun today, if you finger the sun today, it's very, very thin. There's very little in... Uh, in the papers today. I mean, the front page of The Sun is about this flipping dog stroke dogs on that silly talent show. Britain's got or not. How can dogs keep winning that? I'm so bored of dogs. Dogs and their dog acts. Dogs doing stuff. Unless, of course, it's dogs make you laugh out loud, in which case I can't, I can't get enough of that show. Whoever does the voiceover for that is a legend. 
08459 455 555. You can text as well, 81333. Start your text 3CR. What texts have we got, Boyle? Maffin Hanslope talking about the dog. Before you criticise that dog for winning, it really sums up the standard of the other finalists. Other than the terrifying samurai sword-wielding six-year-old girl... Oh, oh They were rubbish, according to Maff. She was, she was quite good. I of think. course they were rubbish. It's Britain's Got Talent. They're always rubbish. The only good act on that was the wee kid from Diversity, and the only good thing he did was when he got tossed off in front of Gordon Brown. He's like 35 now, isn't he? Yeah! Do you remember that? He was, um, they, were, they were doing it outside Downing Street and Gordon Brown was watching and the young lad got tossed off. Wow. I think he did himself a mischief. Well, doing that and a backflip. Yeah, I, I, I think he, he, um, he landed on his, uh, on his head. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh. He got tossed off in front of Gordon Brown and landed on his head. Youch. Youch. I met them once at something, right? I was doing a job and they were there. And all I had nothing to say to them. And all I could think was, all I could say to them was, it was another, um, I really liked your music in The Who. All I could say to them was, I really like your dancing diversity. That's how I phrased it. I really like your dancing diversity. Do you know what your mistake was? Yeah. Using language, they only speak one language, and that is... The language of dance girls. Do, 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 dance. You should I have had a dance I really off. like your dance diversity. Mm. Flipping up. Mm. Can we... Here's a, here's a thing, guys. Can we all press our red buttons now to get rid of Simon Cowell? Because he's had a stranglehold on British television, what, 10 years? And music. 10 years. Let's, let, it's probably a bit more. Let's say 15 years, right? He's killed British television. He's killed it. He's killed it. ITV are terrified now to do anything on a Saturday night that doesn't involve either Ant or Deck or him. He's made Ant... I mean, Ant or Deck are nice blokes. And they're all right, but he's made them like the national institution that they've mysteriously become, and that ITV will not do anything unless it's got Simon Cowell's finger right up it. He's murdered. He's murdered home entertainment. It's not um, taping is killing home entertainment. It's uh, Simon Cowell has killed it with his bland, insipid, uh, rubbish throwaway music. Throwaway music is actually can be pretty cool, but his is even more disposable than disposable music, and his really stinky, boring, formulaic television shows that sap the lifeblood out of this country. Let's get rid of that plum. ITV, take a gamble. Well, yeah, you'll lose a load of viewers for a couple of years, but then you'll build them back up with some, come up with something great and innovative. I think the big mistake that, it, that we've made is by letting him in, of course, but also taking his... He's so cynical. He will say, I'm not going to be able to sell you. Look, I just want to say that was rubbish and you've not made it through to being voted out. You're going through to boot camp. Yeah. Oh, jog on, Chin! Go, go on, jog on, Chinny. This is very awkward because he's on Fader One. Yay! Is he? No. Oh, man, no, no, he's not. I've, I've interviewed him. He's a nice bloke. He's a nice bloke. Yeah, but he wouldn't be interested in putting us up for jobs unless we had a, a story that could go with it that would be worthy of a, a Coldplay soundtrack. Oh, no, I do. I do. Uh, I've had a message through from Giles. Yeah, Giles Davis. All right, Giles. about Colette Paul. Hello, fella. Saying uh, she's going. That could mean uh, that should allow for about 20 to 30 new officers. Yeah. I don't think it works like that. No, I don't work like that. Giles, Giles has realised his mistake. He's, he's, he's apologised for his previous indiscretions. Has he? Against us. Yeah. Good. 
Well, so, I tell you what, um, Dealey's doing How to Please Your Man. We'll, we'll, we'll th- come up with some question about Simon Cowell, because Simon Cowell actually makes me really angry. How to please your Simon Cowell? <clears throat> how to please your Simon Cowell. I, he's a nice bloke, Simon Cowell, but he has got a stranglehold on uh, on all of us. Our li- this is, he's the reason I don't watch television anymore, because um, everything sucks of Simon Cowell. Phrase that very carefully, <laughs> otherwise you get in terrible trouble. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. You can send me a text eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. You can email us as well, of course, if you want. Uh, Ian Lee at bbc.co.uk. Um, uh, uh, Ian says about Colette Paul, uh, thirty three years in the service. Get to chief constable. Give it. Give up after two years on full chief constable pension. She's milking it big time. He says. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane close just after Junction 13 for Bedford because a van's broken down. On the A1M, it's looking very busy on the speed sensors southbound between Junction 3 for St Albans and 2 for Wellham Green. And in Chessant on the A10 southbound, that's very slow from the New River Trading Estate towards the M25. On the trains, Great Northern have possible delays still between Hatfield and Weller Garden City because of a signalling problem earlier. And on the London Underground, if you're using that this morning, the Circle Line and the Hammersmith and City Line have severe delays. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. Andrea, one of our American listeners, because they ain't got nothing good over there to listen to, says, uh, Ian, uh, we... Uh, oh, well, I've lost it. Hang on a second. Sorry, we kept Simon Cowell as long as we could. We finally decided to send him back home. He's the UK's problem now. That's it. America, um, they played with him, they enjoyed him, and then they woke up and realised there was nothing to him. Oh, man, Simon Cowell, no thank you. Right, 7.16, it's Tuesday the 2nd of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police, Colette Paul, has announced she's stepping down from the job. The former leader of the Liberal Democrats, Charles Kennedy, has died suddenly at the age of 55. And ambulance drivers in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire say they're so overworked they're falling asleep at the wheel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every day it's not just about great music and great conversation. I'll get a bit technical here. It's about local experts helping you across beds, hearts and bucks. So what we're talking about then is capital gains tax potentially on the portion of the property that they directly own. On finance, relationships. But look at the way that you have contributed to this situation. Health. When you have a cough which can seem quite innocuous in this way but just irritating. Asthma is something that we would think of. Your pets. Particularly if your dog is a border collie cross and it will be epilepsy and even (gasps) law you still cannot say judge you have to stick to this but the judge's approach now is going to be well why shouldn't we local advice for local people nick coffer weekdays from 12 on bbc three counties radio okay let's evaluate simon cowell's contribution to um, our lives okay name me this will be let's start with the easy one first let's start with the easy one first Name me three winners of Britain's Got Talent. Brookstein. Or was that X Factor? Okay, not as easy as I thought. That's X Factor. Britain's Got Talent, three winners. All right. Diversity. I I can do this and I've never watched the programme yet. Diversity. Diversity. Subo. Was she Britain's Got Talent? Yeah. Okay, yep, yep, yep. And Paul Potts. 
Paul Potts, the singing um, um, bin man. OK. Now name me three winners of um, The X Factor. OK. Um, it's doable, but it's not as easy. Little Mix. Did they win? Mm, no. no. Yeah, they did. Did they win? Sure they did. Who Gareth, it tends to be the people that no, he wasn't. No, it was Will Young that year, wasn't it? No. That was Pop Idol. Pop Idol. Oh. X Factor. You see, it's all one oh. amalgus, amalgus, amalgamous. They're all one. I'm going to say it. Amalgamous ball of filth. Yeah, because One Direction didn't even win, did they? It, you tend to do better if you came second. Yeah. Generally, you came better if you you, you did better if you came second. I, uh, um, um, uh, JLS was second, weren't they? Did Leona they? Lewis win? Yes. Yeah, Leona did. Lewis won. Where's she? America. No, she's not. She flopped. Turns out she was a bit of a diva and not as good as we all thought she was. Really? She's got a new single out. Yeah, and uh, 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 how many times is it got? To, when is she going to be on top of the pops performing it? Is the question on everybody's lips. <laughs> What about Fats Waller? What happened to him? Oh dear, he got a sore throat. That's what happened. To him. Oh, I—he uh, I, was again. I think he was pop idol. Actually, I worked with um, with Rick Waller. Everything they said about that man being thoroughly unpleasant was just—I mean—so completely true. He had an ego the size of well, Rick Waller. There was James Arthur. Did he win? I've got no idea. There you yeah, go. So Frankie names. Boyle said about James him. James Arthur won. Fra Frankie Boyle tickled me what he said about him. It yeah. was mean. Of yeah. course, it was. It's Frankie Boyle. He said that he had sheep's teeth in a baby's face. There we go, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> sheep's teeth. Honestly, Simon Cow if Simon Cowell went, I'm asking you now, dear listener, 08459 455 555, would you miss him or would you dance uh, around the living room? And, yeah, I, yeah, it would take a while for ITV to get, get back in the thing. The thing is, ITV have not had a Saturday night hit uh, that's not involved Simon Cowell since um, Belinda Data. That's the last hit they had that didn't involve that plum. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call on that now, ambulance staff are so tired that drivers are falling asleep at the wheel. That's the claim of the East of England uh, branch of Unison, who are calling for bosses to bring in safer working hours before something terrible happens. Well, branch secretary Frere Stevenson joins me now. Morning, Frere. Morning. Um, are drivers actually falling asleep at the wheel? Um, we made a film and we interviewed a number of staff from around the trust and we were um, really quite um, disturbed by what they told us, the level of fatigue um, that they were working under and their fears. And a number of them did say that they had nodded off um, at the wheel and particularly going home after shift as well. Do you remember when they finished their shift, they still have to return from their base station to their home address. So how long is their shift? Um, so most shifts are um, 12 hours long, but because of the late finishes, they can be 15 hours or more. Um, and then on top of that, they often have a good hour to travel to their home as well. And is it um, that 12 to 15 hours, is that constant working or is there any downtime at all? Um, well, crews will get a half an hour break in a 12-hour shift, which is an unpaid meal break. Um, so they do get that half an hour. If... Um, they're able to, they get an additional 15 minutes, which is paid, but that's quite rare because of the pressure of calls. So it is, when they're not on breaks, it is, uh, uh, it, you're saying it's, it's a pretty constant um, stream of, of picking people up? It is. I mean, you know, the, the constant pressure, the increases in calls, the high vacancy rate have all added to that, and, and crews are telling us that they go job to job to job. Um, very often for, for sort of the 14, 15 hours. 10% uh, of the workforce has gone over the last year. 
They have indeed, yes, which is a, a real concern. We've got um, a big recruitment going on in Eastern England, which is very welcome. Um, we've got hundreds of new student paramedics, but we do need to retain the experienced staff in order to mentor them and to bring them on as our sort of next generation of, of paramedics. Well, where are they all going, the ones that are leaving? What's happening? Well, many are leaving the profession um, because of the, the pressures that they're seeing. We're seeing um, people in their 20s and 30s and early 40s now making a decision to retrain and leave um, because they, they are not coping with the, the constant pressures that they're under. Um, others are leaving to work in local acutes, um, GP surgeries. There are other opportunities for paramedics other than working on the front line. And for, am I right in thinking that you're an ambulance worker? I am. What, yes, what, what's I a am, typical yes. shift for you like? Um, well, I'm, I'm, as branch secretary, I'm actually seconded into that role, but I've worked frontline for five, six years um, before taking on that role. Um, and it, we have seen, when I started six years ago, it was, it was quite different. Um, the increases in calls that we've seen means that it, it is pretty relentless. It is pretty much job to job to job. Um, we've seen a, a huge increase in calls, particularly from 111 coming across. Um, and, I mean, if you look at the area that I work in, um, within three years we lost six paramedics. Within the last couple of months we've lost 11 now. So we really are at, at a point where we need to start addressing these issues. See, I love you lot because the, the very few times I've had to call out an ambulance, the service has been... I, I, I couldn't fault it at all. And the, I, I mean, the last mm. time I did it, I had to phone... Oh, it was quite a while ago, I think. I had to call an ambulance out for my mum. And I was mm. so hesitant to... I was thinking, do I really need to do this? Yes, I do. But it must be frustrating for you lot when you turn up and it's someone who's got a leaf stuck on their foot or, you know, they've cut themselves on a stamp. You know, you get those ridiculous mm. things. You have to go and attend that and treat it as though it were the real emergency, don't you? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we appreciate that um, it is a big thing for most people to call 999 and ask for an ambulance. And um, the staff, they, they do really care about their, their patients. Um, we do see a number of inappropriate calls and that does put pressure on crews. And it does then mean that the resources don't get to the patients that um, might need that quicker response. So there is that side to it as well, unfortunately. What do you want the East of England Ambulance Service to do? And um, uh, does it look like they're going to help? Yeah, I mean, the day after we released the film, um, the Trust have started a pilot um, to look at reducing late finishes, which is really welcome. Um, and we have to say we had um, Anthony Marsh's full support to do the filming and to um, speak to staff about the late finishes and how it was affecting them as well. Uh, we just need to keep that pilot moving in the right direction. The step that the Trust has made is a very small step, but it is a very welcome step. Um, we've been asking um, staff, families, um, patients, members of the public, to, to get behind a new petition that we've started um, to show their support for their local crews and also to try and reduce these late finishes. And you can find that at our campaign website, uh, which is putbacktheheart.com. That's had 1,700 staff signing that e-petition in less than a week. Um, so it's been really important for the crews to see just how much public support there is for them. Fred, it's good to talk to you. I wish you the very best of luck and thank you, you know, for all the work that you do. I don't envy you in the slightest. Thanks, Ian. Thanks for having us on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Fred. That's uh, Fred Stevenson.
Branch Secretary of Unison. Uh, we mentioned this the other day, the, the, the very few times I've had to call an ambulance, they have been spot on. And the few times I've been at a hospital with my boys, and of course little boys, I don't know if it's the same for little girls, but little boys love ambulances. Uh, and that, a couple of times the ambulance crew have seen us staring at their ambulance and said, oh, Jordan, come and have a look. Come around the, come and have a look. Come around the back and have a look. And the boys love it. Brilliant. They love it. So, you know, if those guys are driving around tired, then we're all screwed, aren't I, we? I completely get what you mean, though, about when the, the occasion arises where you think I'm going to oh, have to call yeah. the ambulance. You do think of every other thing first, don't you? Really? Yeah. Is there any way I can avoid well, it's doing now, that? Well, now, so you and I do, sensible people do, but then there are idiots that, I've got a stamp stuck to my shin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there are usually other issues <laughs> at play there, aren't there? Uh, yeah, they're nuts. Mm -hmm. I said I had to phone it because my mum was really ill and I, was, I had the phone in my hand. I was thinking, is there anything else I can do? Am I missing something here? No, I'm going to call 999. And they came and I said, look, I'm really... I don't know if I've done the right thing. And they said, no, 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 it's, you know, it's cool. And they were... They were amazing, and they're so polite and so friendly, and it's, you know, so, um... Surely we have to support... There, there can't be anybody listening, let's put that, there can't be anybody listening who, um thinks that the ambulance crew uh, d d don't have it tough, do they? The, the thinks that, that, that them asking to, you know, maybe not quite work quite so long, maybe have a slightly longer break. That, that's, that's, like, obvious, isn't it? Isn't it? 08459 455555. Uh, the Simon Cow back. By the way, Subo didn't win. No, I know. Britain's I, Got Talent. I remember the moment now because she had a face that she, her mouth was smiling, but the eyebrows and the eyes were fury, weren't they? Someone said, well, I think that was just her face. <laughs> no, but she couldn't hide it. She can't no, hide it. No, she can't emotions. hide it because. Um, yeah, well, we know, yeah. Yeah. Um, Is it autism she's been diagnosed? I think she's on a spectrum yeah. somewhere, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, lots of people are sharing a picture of uh, this. Uh, file sharing isn't killing music. Simon Cowell is, and you keep helping him. Seriously, cut that out. It's true. Uh, the thing is, the music thing, I don't really listen to, to pop music, and pop music has always been slightly manipulated, although his um, vacuous acts are even more vacuous than the most vacuous of vacuities that have ever appeared before. For me, it's the fact that he's killing television. That's what, what everyone seems to be ignoring. He's killing TV. He's killing Saturday night television. With this rubbish about a stupid woman pretending to be a police officer and a, a man in a dog suit climbing a rope. I mean, really? Is that what we've come to? Not just one man in a dog suit. Two men in one dog suit climbing a rope. For goodness sakes, guys. We've had word back from Gavin Shuka. Oh, yeah. Um, about Colette Paul. I asked him whether we, we could uh, grab him for a couple of minutes on the phone this morning. Uh, he said he has nothing to add, he doesn't think. Well, I can... Uh, yeah, that's fair enough. I'd love to speak to Ollie Martins, but I think he's away on a holiday. Celebrates... The good times, the good times, the good times for you on your holiday. We've had a text message through. I don't know that song very well. I don't know if you... Really? I made some Beautiful. of that up, yes. We've had a text message through, um, anonymous. I have friends in Beds Fire and Beds Police. They've been asked to look at the budget and make big cuts. Plans are to merge Beds Police with Beds Fire. Really? But Beds Fire rejected this two years ago. The other yeah. is to disband Beds Police totally and have Beds and Hearts Police, which will remove 40% of senior management and stop the Beds Hearts boundary. Isn't um, Bedfordshire um, seen as a hotbed for potential terrorism? Yeah. And they say they're fighting, you know, it's a rural patch, but yeah. also it's treated like a metropolitan that's, patch. It's a, a, a good idea then. If we are, if Bedfordshire is a hotbed for terrorism, then yeah, cutting back on, on police and merging forces probably sounds like a really, really good idea then. Yeah, nice one. Shout, yeah. Nice one, guys. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M25, there are queues anti-clockwise because of an accident at Junction 21 for the M1. On the M1 southbound, it's very slow from Junction 11 for Dunstable to 9 for Redbourne. But southbound at Junction 13, where the van broke down, that has now all reopened, so it's starting to move fine again through there now. On the A1 southbound, it's busy from the St. Louis Junction towards the Black Cat Roundabout. And on the trains, Great Northern have possible delays between Hatfield and Welling Garden City because of a signalling problem earlier. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past seven, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, the Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police has announced she's retiring just two years into the job. Colette Paul says that after 33 years' service, she wants to spend more time with her family. The former Liberal Democrat leader, Charles Kennedy, has died suddenly at his home in Scotland at the age of 55. Police say they're not treating his death as suspicious. And it's being claimed that ambulance staff in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire are so overworked they're falling asleep at the wheel. Their union unison says its members say they're scared about making clinical errors and causing accidents. The weather will be cloudy with rain this morning, turning brighter this afternoon, but still windy with top temperatures around 19 degrees Celsius and 66 degrees. Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's cricketers will resume on 44 without loss in the second test against New Zealand, needing 455 to win. Despite the high target and the threat of rain, batsman Joe Root believes they can do it. There is quite a bit of work to do, but we've got an opportunity to do something special. Obviously, Rain coming, in a way, it's made things a little bit harder for us because we've got every intention of going out the view to win the game, so that obviously means we've got less time to do that now, but um, very positive, got off to a great start, and you know hopefully that can continue. In tennis, Andy Murray will play David Ferrer in the quarterfinals of the French Open, while Rafa Nadal and Novak Djokovic face each other in the last eight. The British number one says playing Jeremy Shardy in front of a French audience spurred him on. It was for sure the best match I've played um, in this tournament so far. And, um, yeah, the crowd created a good atmosphere, and I always, always enjoy that. You know, it's one of the, the challenges of being a professional sports person. You know, when you come up against sort of home favourites and and the crowd aren't there um, for you, you need to, you know, find a way to motivate you. And I feel like I've done that well. The defending women's champion, Maria Sharapova, has been knocked out, but top seed Serena Williams fought back in her match to win three to the quarterfinals. In football, Liverpool is set to hold talks with Man City's James Milner this week as they close in on signing the midfielder on a free transfer. And finally, the England rugby fly-half Danny Cipriani has been arrested on suspicion of drink driving after a crash in his car. That's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at eight o'clock. Morning, Colin. Good morning. We're asking this morning, how do you keep your man happy? And how do you do it, Colin? Uh, I haven't got a man. Hey, well, what did you do wrong? I don't know. Well, you must have done something for him to leave. 
I've never had a man. Oh, Colin! I'm not that way inclined. Oh, I see. I do apologise. I've completely misunderstood um, uh, you. What have you called in for, Cole? Uh, regarding this um, ambulance thing... Yes, this ambulance thing, yes. Um, report. Yes, report. Um, <laughs> I was watching... Um, oh, come on, spit it out. Uh, we finish at nine. East earlier. Yes, I'm sorry about morning. that. That's a shame. Uh, Those guys still going there? Those guys at Lucky still going? Oh, they're supposed yeah. to be our friends. They're friends of mine. Um, they never invited me round. And they were saying that um, the two universities that are, uh, are running the courses for their... Um, to get more uh, paramedics and ambulance people um, have not been accredited. Um, so they've done the course... Oh. I think there was about 400 of them. So they've done the course, but they've not got the badge. But they won't, yeah, but they won't be accredited. Oh, so, so that's they can't... going to oh. exasperate things. It's going to what? Exasperate. Really? Yeah, exasperate? Look it, look it up. I, I'm, I can't, I'm too exasperated to, to this uh, call to look it up. Uh, 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 no, surely, right, the ambulance, of all the emergency services, okay, mm. okay, the ambulance one has got to be the ones that you that nobody can have beef with. Nobody can be angry or upset with the ambulance staff. Uh, I entirely agree. With can you. they? I mean, I struggle to see how people can be angry with the fire brigade, but that's to one side. But no, everybody must love the ambulance staff and the paramedics and the job they do. Well, it's preservation of life, isn't it? It's the it's the self preservation society. That's right. What film's that from, Colin? No idea. Come on. No, I don't watch films. Sorry? I don't watch films. Well, no, I've got a friend who doesn't watch films, and I've, I'll be honest, that's the nuttest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> You've never just... seen a film? Uh, oh, uh, the last one I went to see with my girlfriend Oh, just, was... just, just reiterating the heterosexuality, was... yes. Deer Hunter. What? And I fell asleep. Oh, <laughs> it's a long film, The Deer Hunter. Yeah, it's, I fell it's a, But do you not watch them on? Because you know they show films on the television now. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, you know what film this is from. No. This is the Self-Preservation Society. You know what this no. is, don't you, Catherine? Yeah, of course I do. This is the Self-Preservation Society. This is the Self-Preservation Society. No, You've got your hamburger and your bun and do's. you going to do it, do it, do it, do's. I'm freestyling a bit. You come and do it up and do our ass. We're going to go and do the thing over there. This is my toilet. Pardon? You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. You there, go, Kells? Yeah, you in? Ke Kelly's got it now, Colin. Well, I know, I know who you were just impersonating. Okay. Michael Caine. Correct. Yeah. So, what was the film? But what oh, was the no film? No idea. But no what idea. was the film? I am absolutely, genuinely, no idea. Hang on a minute, Chris. Yeah. You know the. You're, ooh, you're right. Yeah. Are you? Oh. Are you angry with Colin or with me? Yeah. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> Blimey, Colin, this is awkward. Oh. Do you know what? Oh, oh, Chris. Yeah. I've, I think I've just left something in my car. I'm just going to go to my car and get something. You trust Colin? <laughs> Down. Cop out. He's a real cop out, isn't he? Hey. Uh, well, he's, he's responsible for what happened to Audi, isn't he? Is he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, go on. 
Well, they have a curse on the show, don't they, about people dying. And he's killed a building this time. Because oh. a couple of weeks ago, they mentioned it because some lady bought her car from there. And she had some problems and she went off for a meal and oh, everything. Oh, and yes. Oh, was that the yeah. same place? Mm, yeah. Oh, so I reckon that's down to Ian mentioning it on his show. Yeah, but that was... JVS uh, was the responsible. Yeah, but Ian wasn't also he? mentioned it on his show, and when it's mentioned on Ian's show, oh my word! Oh. Look what happened. You know, what I mean, the man, the man's dangerous. dangerous. Oh dear! No wonder he loves the ambulance service. He needs them because mm. it's his fault that all these deaths and buildings collapsing are going on. You, you've got me worried now because. They're moving the studios to Dunstable, only a couple of hundred yards from me. I agree, because I'm looting, mate. Um, we need them gone. That's what oh, I say. Oh, dear. Should I get my placard out? Colin, what was you saying about the ambulance service? Well, apparently the um, two universities that um, were running the courses for new um, ambulance people to train them have not been able to get accreditation for the course. So um, they've all taken the, the course, but they won't be accredited, so can't take up their posts. But they're private companies, aren't they? Because very few ambulance drivers actually belong to hospitals or the government these days, didn't they? I thought they were all private companies. I don't know. No, 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 no. The yeah, England... I used to be an ambulance driver and really? at the time, yeah, yeah, it was a, a, a private company that did it. And oh. the hours are terrible and the wages, I don't think a lot of people are aware that some people only get minim just over minimum wage on it, so that would be another reason that they'd all be wanting to leave, wouldn't it? That's disgusting. Guys, sorry, I'm back from really. the car. I managed to um, get the thing. From the car. Chris, great perspective. Whatever you were talking about, Colin. Excellent call, guys. Thanks. Yeah, bye, bye. then. Bye. There we go. Not a clue what they were talking about. That sounds like... Um... Proper actor. You right, Jazz? Hello, boss. How are you? Who's a proper actor? Uh, yeah, who's a proper actor? Simon Scow. Oh. Yeah. Simon Cow. You're so, talking about Simon Cow, aren't oh, you, boss? Well, this is, this is, I believe you've got a live perspective on well, Simon yeah. Scow. Well, we are live this morning. Uh, we're in Hemel Hempstead. Uh, it's the Queen's Square here in Adifield. Ladies, come and see me, by the way, because we have got a ladies' perspective special That's coming up later That's not just an old-fashioned BBC shout-out. We yeah. actually want a ladies' perspective on a story. No, we do. How do you keep your man happy? Yes. Um, anything could happen. <laughs> but um, you're also talking about Simon Cow. Yeah. So, Boss back yeah. in the studio absolutely hates him. What's your views uh, on Simon Cow? I think he's wonderful, wonderful. Why? Uh, just lovely. He's, he's, uh, lovely? Yeah, lovable. I mean, if I was a woman, I'd probably marry him. But I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you're winding me up, aren't you? No, no, he's, he's, he's very attractive. He's, he's got nice teeth and uh, nice yeah. hair. Fake uh, teeth, trousers, fake hair. Tra trousers up to Dodgy his neck. trousers. Yeah. What else could you want from a man? <laughs> so, so you're honestly telling us right now, if Simon Cowell never appeared on TV again, you would genuinely miss him? Well, I'd probably commit suicide. Uh, if, what? If I would, yeah, because uh, uh, I'm, I'm like that chicken, you know. All right. That right. chicken that committed suicide. All right, OK, OK. Just lastly, name me three people that have won the X Factor. Um, but you can't. That, that bloke uh, who sung Green Thing... Uh, uh, Willie, what's his name? Um, it's not going well. The dog. This. The dog. No, no, no that was Britain's Got Talent, mate. Uh, uh, okay. 
No, okay. I can't. I can't. All right, let's leave it there. Thanks, boss. Thanks. Got a bit tense towards the end there, but uh, clearly a fan of uh, Simon Cowell. There's um, there's one out there. There's one. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, send him on his way now. Cheers. Thanks. Some ladies over there, by the way. Some ladies over oh, there. Right. You. You, know, you know, Justin knows what ladies look like. <laughs> Uh, I can't just. I can't believe anybody is a fan of Simon Cowell. Listen, he was fun for a couple of years. Oh, look at the miserable posh guy slagging mm, people mm. off. All right, that's great, but it's just it's all so repetitive and d- 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 dull. I think. I think the thing is uh, because we work in the industry, we know what it's about. Okay, so if yeah. you're going to go on a program like that, you need a, a sob story. But to, to other people, they don't get that game, so they're simply watching that, thinking, Oh, look. I'm Look doing at this, this person. They've gone through tragedy. Well, Simon, I'm doing this because um, my mum... It was five years to the day that um, my mum... She had a really bad haircut. And <laughs> when she came home, we just didn't know where to look, Simon. And um, She's never been the same since. I mean, it's grown back and the haircut she's got now is great. But when I see her, I just think... Time she had a really bad haircut. <laughs> she had a she mullet. Short on top, long at the back, and it just. Yeah. It just didn't look right on mum. It didn't suit her at all. That's what it's all about. All exactly. Right, to the but final. you see, we get it. We get it. The majority of people watching those programmes, like the X Factor, like Britain's Got Talent, they don't see that. They just think, oh, what a lovely story. I should vote for that person. That's why he will remain on TV, I'm sure, for, a, for at least. Another decade. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm being no. serious. Yes, it's going to happen. You Except seriously it. believe this, don't you? I do. You've got no taste whatsoever. No, no, I, I'm not saying I like him. I'm just saying that, that the public's perspective of Simon Cowell, I think if you speak to most people, no. No, most no. people will watch that no. programme and enjoy the character that is Simon Cowell. That's why... You you better get you know used to the fact he's going to be on TV for at least another ten years. Justin, speak to you later on. Just Thanks. where are you? Because you want ladies to come down and yeah, uh, not you're talk talking to you, about, but talk to you. Yeah, Davina McCall in the paper saying how she keeps her man happy. I'm live at the moment. It's uh, the Queen Square, Adyfield, Hemel Hempstead. A ladies' perspective special. This is really happening. How do you keep your man happy? Thank you very much indeed, Justin. You know, I was faced with a dilemma yesterday, Catherine. I texted you that um, uh, uh, Owen Jones had started following me yeah. on Twitter. Pressure's on. When there's someone who's, who's famous or quite well-known, the pressure is on. Because you know if you go back there in three days' time and they're not following you, you're going to be heartbroken. Yeah, you feel like you're list- they're listening with their arms folded. Yeah, exactly. Impress me. I know that some high-profile members of the One Team, uh, One Show team are following me, so I've got to be careful what I say about that now. Anyway, I couldn't work out why Aaron Jones was following me. I worked it out. I accidentally clicked follow on him. Oh. So now I've unfollowed him. Oh. I know. I don't want to. I don't want to read his. You know. I like the idea of him. I don't want to read his stuff. So uh, he. So he's gonna might have the thing where he clicks on me and goes, oh, oh no, he's unfollowed me. And what uh, have I done? What have I done? Uh, so it's just. It's just. Oh, the thing with Twitter, my Twitter app on my telephone, it's so easy to click follow by mistake. Yeah, I've done some pocket follows. Before. Oh, flipping hate that. Uh, we'll do some texts in a bit. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. The phone number eight one triple three. Start your text three CR. Um, I'm f- hoping that she's finished Kent. Let's get the trav. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, the lane's been blocked on the exit slip road at Junction 21 for the M1, which is causing delays on the approach to the M1 northbound. And on the M1 southbound, it's really slow from Junction 11 for Dunstable to 9 for Redbourne. But also southbound at Junction 13, there was a van broken down there earlier, which blocked a lane. But all the lanes have now been reopened, so it's not causing any delays past Bedford. On the A1M, that's looking slow on the speed sensors. Southbound at Junction 9 for Letchworth towards Junction 7 for Stevenage. And on the trains, Great Northern have possible delays between Hatfield and Welland Garden City, and that's because of a signalling problem. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Time is 7.45. Where's the morning going? Uh, it is 7.45. It's Tuesday the 2nd of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police, Colette Paul, has announced she's stepping down from the job. The former leader of the Liberal Democrats, Charles Kennedy, has died suddenly at the age of 55. And ambulance drivers in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire say they're so overworked they're falling asleep at the wheel. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. <laughs> Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's unseasonably windy out there today. Gusts expected of 40, maybe 50 miles per hour throughout the course of the day. It's not going anywhere either. Could get a bit of light rain and drizzle through this morning. Drying out a touch more though this afternoon. We could even see a little bit of sunshine this evening. Maximum temperature looking at around at 18, perhaps even 19 Celsius. So not too chilly, certainly not as chilly as it has been, but it is going to stay breezy and it's going to stay breezy overnight as well. Quite gusty, especially over higher ground, the Chilterns, Dunstable Downs for example, 10 Celsius the minimum temperature, so temperature's not dropping too far, remains reasonably mild. Now the wind will gradually fall lighter through the early hours and into tomorrow morning, that's going to continue to do so through Wednesday. A much better day tomorrow, drier, brighter, calmer, some sunshine particularly tomorrow morning and a maximum temperature of 19 Celsius. That's your forecast. What happened ladies? Nothing I can tell you off air. You can't tell me so on air. No. You just, you We're waiting on. for Paul Scoynes, and I'm just wondering where he is. Where is Scoynes? Where is Scoynes? Scoynes? Paul? Paul Scoynes? Paul? Scoynes? Paul? Hello, Actually, it's only Paul Scoynes. I'm not that bothered. Sometimes in life, things don't always go to plan. It worked perfectly for two and a half, three years till two days ago. He should refund me £1,900. Which is where we come in. We managed to get them to agree to come back in to the property on an agreed date. The JVS show takes on your consumer problems. But I've basically lost the whole lot in administration charges. And helps to get to the right solution. I've received a cheque back for £570. Jonathan, I can't thank you enough. I don't know how you do what you do, you and your team. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Let's, um, hang on a second, let's just do this properly so we know where we're going. Yes, uh, right, uh, let's go to Paul Scoynes, our political reporter, to talk about the situation at Yarswood. Paul. Paul. Turns out we do need Paul Scoynes. I hadn't realised... He's uh, on the phone. Oh, what? But it says on my screen, in studio. No, I always look forward to these days as well. Because he makes us coffee. I had a wash. Well, that's because you did yoga. I would have hoped you would have had a wash. Whether I need Fader it or not. Fader one, slacker Scoynes. Morning. What happened, Scoynes? Wagwan. Hello. Wagwan. Can you hear me? 
Wagwan. Can you hear me? Yes. Then why are you not responding to the universal greeting of Wagwan? I, I'm unsure how to respond, if I'm really honest. OK, why, why, why are you there and why are you not here? Uh, was I due to come in? I've got a council meeting tonight. I've got this council meeting tonight, so I'm not coming in. Tough guy, huh? Yeah, I'm playing at hardball. OK, well, let me press this and then we'll get into the story. Oh, no, hang on, I've muffed this up. Beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC right. Three Counties Radio. Yarlswood, guys. A long-awaited report into health services at Yarlswood Immigration Removal Centre in Bedford will be discussed later on today. It's a, 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 a place and a situation that we've discussed many times on the show. The review, which will look at everything from the mental health of detainees to how the centre deals with pregnant women, was commissioned almost a year ago, but it's still unpublished. Uh, political reporter Paul Scoynes is on the line. Paul, uh, this is Bedford Borough Council's report. What is it about? And um, a year, that seems a long time, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It is a report which is going to deal with everything from mental health to uh, whether or not pregnant women should be housed at the detention centre. It's just north of Bedford. And as you say, it was commissioned in, uh, uh, I think it was the summer last year. And the idea was that it would almost be delivered, hopefully, by the end of last year. But a workload of this committee is there. One of the backbench committees at uh, Bedford Borough Council meant that they haven't got round to doing it yet. And Subsequently, there have been other reports by, you know, uh, sort of bigger, if you like, organisations, and this has rather taken a bit of a back seat. So what they're going to do tonight is just underline that they do want to go ahead with this report, and they feel now, with some of the things which have happened at Yarlswood in the last six months or so, it's even more relevant than ever. And that's the shame, isn't it? Because we have, um, um, well, there is evidence of uh, uh, racial abuse, uh, there have been stories of, of physical abuse, um, the, you know... The the rumours that, that maybe that inappropriate relationships have been struck up. That You know, it's quite murky, and it's mm. a shame that, that they're saying, oh, yeah, we'll do the report now, after all this murkiness has come out. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, when the, at the time that the uh, report was commissioned, some of the things that you're talking about hadn't yet come to light. Mm. So, um, you know, that's clearly something that they will want to consider in this report. Since that uh, report was published, uh, sorry, was commissioned, we obviously had the uh, the death of a, uh, a detainee of a suspected heart attack at the centre. And that's an indication, I think, of the concern that this group has, that health is just not up to scratch. And indeed, one of the things which at the um, uh, sort of earlier point of this year, this this uh, committee at Bedford Borough Council asked uh, Yarlswood or the, the company which runs it, Serco, to, to do is to get more training. They've also asked for the Home Secretary to consider whether or not uh, uh, pregnant women should even be housed there in the first instance. And also uh, they want to sort of address further issues with mental health as well, which are some of the things, as I say, have already been picked up. So we will uh, hope to have uh, a sort of a better idea tonight about when this report, if it is published in the near future, when it will be. So what what exactly is this meeting tonight, Paul? I'm a little bit confused. What are they deciding tonight? Well, it's... It, it, it's called the Health and uh, Adult Social Care Overview Scrutiny Committee. It's effectively one of these committees of council which uh, holds these sorts of uh, bodies to account. 
but they're as much as anything an advice committee. So they commissioned this report. They're going to tonight just set the parameters for that and mm. press on with it. So it's kind now, of a meeting about a meeting, it feels like. It's one of those. Yeah, it is. Well, it's not a meeting about a meeting. It's a meeting just to sort of set out some of the mm. issues that they want to get decided. Now, I understand that this report, if it you know all goes well, and it is waiting uh, for a report from the... Care Quality Commission and also the Prison Inspectorate to be published, which I've been told is going to come in the next month or so. Mm. Um, so that will be very interesting. The HMIP report on uh, uh, on on Yarswood will, will be keenly watched. Mm. I think that's happened. Uh, that that was they, they went in at the end of April. So that will then mean that uh, you know right at the peak of some of the things that we were talking about right at the earlier part of the year there was a Channel Four uh, dispatches investigation which looked at some of the abuse uh, or alleged abuse that was going on uh, in the centre. I understand that this report that we're talking about now is going to come out in December, um, which is still a good 18 months after it was commissioned in the first instance. So there'll be some, I imagine, some explanation tonight about why that was uh, and why that delay has been. I mean, you know, it feels such an important subject that the the issue of workload of this relatively small committee, um, you do wonder whether or not they could have made more of an effort to to try and get it out. It's not important. It's It's only foreign women. That, you know, that's kind of the attitude that some people... Oh, it's not important. It's only, it's only foreign women. It's those women that are potentially, in, uh, you know, fleeing for, for their lives in, uh, uh, and they've come over here and they are in uh, what is being described as an horrific situation. I think it's outrageous that they've, they've waited this long to, to kind of initiate this. Well, absolutely. And I think, you know, the, it, it's, it's difficult to say why they have done it without actually hearing from them tonight. Hopefully I'll get a, a clearer idea by the end of tonight and I'll be able to come back to you tomorrow and bring you some of the answers to that. <clears throat> uh, Paul, while we've got you on, uh, it would be uh, remiss of me to uh, not mention Colette Paul. Uh, mm. What's happening? Well, I mean, she's, she's retired after two years in, in the post, uh, 33 years in service, and... I have not been able to speak to uh, sort of anyone other than um, you know my colleague who, who Neil Bradford, who from Look East, who managed to to find this out last night. Um, someone passed in the letter which had gone around the force yesterday. Uh, she wants to spend more time with her family, do some travelling, and after 33 years of service, you know, who could blame her? But it does leave the the force in a position where uh, the, whoever takes charge is going to have to make some very serious decisions about what to do next, because they've already said how much they're struggling, they're running out of officers effectively to do the jobs that they have on their books. And, you know, the, the uh, former head of the one of the most senior police officers in the country. Um, so he Ward said that uh, this force would have its uh, ability to deal with things like terrorism compromised if they didn't get the referendum decision that they were hoping for, which, of course, was to raise more council tax. That didn't happen. So now whoever's going to come in, and it may well be someone from within the force, I'm, I'm told that potentially, certainly for the short term, John Boucher, who's the deputy chief constable, uh, might uh, take charge. Um we'll have to make some serious sort of decisions about what to do. Why did she announce it late last night? It was about nine o'clock, wasn't it, came out? Was it just because it had been leaked and so she thought she might as well do it? Was it so that uh, it would be really tricky to get hold of her? It's an odd time. I don't know if it was officially announced, was it? I think it came through... Um, we, we were able to stand it up from uh, from letters sent to, to officers. I'm not sure if there's actually been an official okay. announcement yet. I don't okay. think we've had a, an official response from the uh, from the force. We've certainly been trying it. Um, 
we, we know that uh, we were passed sort of a, a, a letter that was sent to every uh, member of staff uh, from the chief constable, um, and that's how we know about it. But we, uh, we've been trying to reach the police commissioner, Ollie Martins. He's actually just returning from holiday. He came, uh, he, I think he arrived back in the, uh, in the country yesterday. So, oh, OK. Uh, well, so, the, the, yeah, let's give him a call. Yes, well, we've, as I say, we've, we've been trying to reach him, but um, we haven't heard back from him yet. Mm. So uh, I think it, he actually came in very late last night. So I, I'm, I'm not sure how much he was aware that this was going to happen. I know that the two of them are close. You know, it's not uh, it's not a, a bad relationship at all between them. In fact, quite the opposite. But it, it, it does seem, you know... Uh, Perhaps with the timing of the referendum, the no result. I know Colette Paul was very concerned about her um, ability as chief constable to effectively do the job. Um, I know that she had robust plans in place to to try and deal with a no vote, which of course are now going to have to be put into uh, into plan. But this is bad timing, and whoever, as I say, is going to pick up is going to have a job on their hands. Uh, Paul, to quote uh, Fleetwood Mac, you make loving fun. Uh, I appreciate your time mm. this morning. Well, uh, it's always a pleasure, Ian, always. Sounded sarcastic, was it? No, no, no. No, that was my genuine... That sounded even more sarcastic, was it? No. That was. OK, that was, Thank yeah. you, Scoines. I appreciate your honesty, mate. Have a great day, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, big love, big love. Another Fleetwood Mac reference there. Why am I being followed on Twitter by so many reporters from ITV? <laughs> What's that all about? Gosh. What 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 dirt have those guys got on me? They're just hoping. <laughs> hoping I slip it's been up. Slow. Look how thin the papers are. Oh yeah, that's true. If they're following me and the fella from um, Charlie Condu, mm. do you know him? Yeah, I think he might be following me as well. He's what's he following us for? He's um, I just watched him in uh, Nathan Barley the other day. I like him. Yeah. I know he's following me. Something's going on, guys. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 has a lane closed anti-clockwise on the exit slip road to the M1 northbound, which is causing some queues. And the M1 southbound is very slow from junction 12 for Flittick to 9 for Redbourne. The M40 away from London is busy from the Denham roundabout towards the M25, with queues all the way back actually from the Swakeleys roundabout at Uxbridge. And in Amersham on Gore Hill, that's looking very busy on the speed sensors between the A413 and the A. 40 London Road. On the trains Great Northern have delays between Hatfield and Welling Garden City because of a signalling problem and on the underground the Bakerloo line has minor delays between Harrow and Wilston and Queen's Park. That's because of a problem with the track at Wilston Junction. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, Bedfordshire's Chief Constable steps down from the job. Former Liberal Democrat leader Charles Kennedy has died. And a warning that ambulance drivers are falling asleep at the wheel. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police has announced she is retiring just two years into the job. Colette Paul says that after 33 years' service, she wants to spend more time with her family. Paul Scoynes reports. Ms Paul was appointed in May 2013 
after serving as an assistant chief constable in South Wales. This will come as a serious blow to the police and crime commissioner Ollie Martins, who recently lost a referendum to raise council tax and provide the force with more officers. He will now begin the process of replacing her, and whoever takes charge will have to deal with fewer resources and the need to make even more savings over the next few years. The former leader of the Liberal Democrats, Charles Kennedy, has died suddenly at the age of 55. The cause of his death is yet to be confirmed, but police aren't treating it as suspicious. The Liberal Democrat MP, Tim Farron, is shocked by the news. If I'm honest with you, I'm just utterly heartbroken because I've lost my mate. And he was such a decent man. And we all know the troubles that he has had, but he has been a loyal and decent friend, a superb member of Parliament. And Britain has lost an absolute giant today. It's being claimed that ambulance staff in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire are so overworked they're falling asleep at the wheel. Staff have told their union they're scared about making clinical errors and causing accidents. Freya Stevenson from Unison in the east of England says working conditions need to be improved. Shifts are um, 12 hours long, but because of the late finishes, they can be 15 hours or more. So, I mean, you know, the, the constant pressure, the increases in calls, the high vacancy rate have all added to that and, and crews are telling us that they go job to job to job. The government is cutting costs in the NHS by reviewing the pay of senior managers and capping the rates paid to agency staff. More than £3 billion was spent on temporary doctors and nurses last year. Claire Bilnis, who runs the HCL Locum Agency, says approved rates have already been agreed. It's the enforcement of these rates that has been a problem in the past. So whilst we welcome these caps on hourly rates, it's important to ensure that the NHS is given the tools and the support to ensure that these things are enforced. And I would encourage the government, the Department of Health and the NHS to work with the industry to bring about these changes. In sport, England's cricketers will resume on 44 without loss in the second test against New Zealand, needing 455 to win. And Andy Murray will play David Ferrer in the quarterfinals of the French Open after a four-sets win over Jeremy Shardy. The weather will be cloudy with rain this morning, turning brighter this afternoon but still windy. Top temperatures around 19 degrees Celsius, that's 66 degrees Fahrenheit. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. That's what I'm talking about. Boom. Bang on time, Lee. That's why we love you so much. Three minutes of news and sport. Perfect. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, ladies, or the ladies in the house, how do you please your man? It feels like an outdated phrase. Justin has taken that to the streets. I can terrify him. Also, no, nobody has been able to um, support Simon Cowell. We're all bored of him, aren't we? The only reason we watch him? Because there's nothing else on. There's nothing else on. If there was something decent on, we'd watch that, wouldn't we? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties I mean, Radio. The fact, I mean, he's a genius. OK, Simon Cowell is a genius. He's on the front page of all of the newspapers because there were two dogs instead of one. I don't even know what that means. We were tricked. Well, hang on. The magician was tricking us. I only know that because I've read it in the papers. There was a magician on there. Magicians trick you all the... Who cares? No one cares. It's a made-up story. The only reason we watch Simon Cowell is because there's nothing else on. If there was something decent on the other side, we go, yeah, I'm not going to watch that plum anymore. I'm going to watch um, whatever's on BBC One with Ian Lee. I used to like him. Bot, they'll say, isn't it? Yeah, is there anything on, Twitter, on, on, on the text that's, um, that's in support of Simon Cowell going, no, actually, this is the, the, he's wonderful entertainment. God bless the man. Well, Martin in Limbury confesses to liking Britain's Got Talent. He says, I absolutely despise X Factor, manufactured drivel. Oh, oh, sorry? And you? But, and what's Britain's Got Talent? Because guess what? None of them are British. They're all Russian circus acts. <laughs> the, the, French, the, the dog that spoke was French, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. There was like, someone that... They're all circus acts, guys. They're all French. They're all European. There's hardly any Brits on there. Well, another thing. A lot of them are scouted. And they're, they're, all, they're all professional acts. And also, it's on, like, every night, isn't it? it, it it's yeah. not just on one night a week. It's on, like... It's been on all week. Overkill? Anybody? A little bit? It's a talent show. It's new faces. It's the fame game. It's opportunity knocks. It's all of those things. But were new faces as manufactured? Because, you know, I know people who are sort of cabaret acts who said that they've resisted going for so long and they get a phone call once a year from people su suggesting that they join. And I'm, when I say people, I mean researchers. You know, it came out, didn't it, that Lorraine Bowen, who's fantastic, had been scouted. Yeah. And I know for a fact she'd been asked many times before to go on that programme. Many, many, many times. And um, we've also got this through from Graham Bedford about the ambulances. Yes. He says, good morning. I know it's difficult to schedule the workload for ambulance crews, but the rest breaks mentioned earlier by a guest sounded illegal to me. I used to do scheduling for rail staff and what she said was unacceptable. I admire the service. They saved my life a years ago at the scene of an attack and came out recently when I was taken ill in my car and my young daughter called them. They deserve so much more. That's from Graham. People have beef with the police and I can kind of understand that. People have beef with, beef with the fire brigade and I don't really understand that, but I think I think I can sort of understand why some people do. I don't understand how anyone could have beef with the ambulance service. Get this. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Genuine job sent to us at 999. Yeah. Right? This is someone who's anonymous for obvious reasons. Yes. Luckily for her, we didn't arrive at the scene. These are the calls that annoy us. If we get to the scene and have, have a go, we get a complaint. It's yeah. then a disciplinary. I may have to drive 40 miles on blue lights to get to this nonsense. Depending on the answers given to the call handler, this could be classed as life-threatening if the patient is not alert, OK? Yeah. Finger is not working. Uh, oh. Index finger. That's Peter Pointer, yeah? Yeah. The f index finger's not working? Yeah. It's Someone not pointing. Rang up for that. You're responding to a patient who's sick oh. or has a current medical condition. The patient is a 35-year-old female and it goes on. Finger not working. So you call 999 because you can't point at something. I mean, these people, blimey. Chop the finger off. 08459 455 555. Why are we talking about ambulance uh, workers? Well, because uh, they're being worked so hard that some of the drivers are falling asleep at the wheel. That's according to Unison's East of England branch, who've released a video with staff worried about making mistakes and causing accidents through tiredness. Well, Gary Sanderson is a retired ambulance officer from the East of England Ambulance Service. Morning, Gary. 
Good morning to you. Uh, I, I have not seen the video. Slap wrist for me. I think you have. Uh, can you uh, empathise with, with the message that's being put across? Yes, I can. Uh, during my career, I've been in that situation. My colleagues have, where they're working 12-hour shifts. They book on at 7 in the morning, they're straight out, and they come back at 7, 8 at night. You know, they are, they are run ragged. And the majority is, is it is for inappropriate calls. Which is very frustrating. Is the is the day relentless? That you know, you, as soon as you drop one off, you're off to another call. It, it is the case. Um, as soon as you make your vehicle ready, at, for instance, outside an A and E department, you book available. Another call comes in. It's it's end to end. But I think it's down to public education. People are still calling the ambulance services throughout the country for for waste wasted calls. Uh, well, what kind of wasted calls, Gary? Examples, people with toothache, people who've had bad backs for six weeks, two months, people who had, you know, a leg pain they've had for weeks and weeks, and they decide to call 999, oh, which is very frustrating for the crews. You can see where they're coming from. You know, they, don't get me wrong, I've done it, we're all out there to save lives. But when you're at the end of your 12-hour shift and someone calls up for a, a dental problem, you know, that is, that is not good. And are, you allow, are the crews allowed to say anything? Are they allowed to say, oh, for crying out loud, really? Or do they have to go, hello, sir, what can we do? Well, the crews are obviously professional, um, first and foremost, and they will discuss with the, the patient at the scene. If the patient doesn't need to go to hospital, that they will explain to them, you know, there are other care pathways out there within the NHS, you know, but this could be a delay on scene for half hour, 40 minutes, 50 minutes. Then you've got to get back to station, offload, restock drugs and equipment, you know, and that's where the delays come in and people get off late. I, I guess the thing is, let me try and come with this from the other side. Um, everyone's facing cuts in budgets. People are leaving the job and uh, people still need to uh, be uh, be saved and treated. Uh, the, the Unison, you know, are asking for, for um, uh, their jobs to be made easier. Never going to happen, is it? Um Getting more power minutes on the road is going to alleviate that problem. Uh, but if people are leave, if people are leaving the the the, the uh, industry is probably the wrong word. But if people are leaving that career, uh, then th 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 they're not going to be able to do that. They're not going to get more bodies out there. That's right. It's like it's like a wound that's bleeding. You know, as soon as, as soon as you stop the bleeding, it may start again. You know, and, and crews are leaving, going on to pastures new. But you know, they're doing a tremendous job. They said from 2014 they want to recruit 400 paramedics, in which they are, they are achieving. But it's really difficult to get people to come into the, this this uh, job now. Uh, well, what should uh, uh, the East of England Ambulance Service be doing to help, Gary? What could they practically do? What, what could they go in and, and do today to make people feel better about their jobs? Uh, again, I, I think it's down to the education to the public. Right. If you can reduce the call demand to people that do not require a 999 service, that would dramatically reduce the call demand and it would uh, yeah. alleviate the pressures on the crews. Gary, we know that people are dumb. You know, there are dumb people <laughs> out there. We do, you know, and I, I, there are intelligent people. Say, the, the last time I called an ambulance was for my mum and I, I, I was holding the phone thinking, do I really need to do this? Is there any other option? But there are, you know, there are dumb people that, that you know, I am, I want it now. 
That's it. And some uh, members of the public, unfortunately, uh, play the game and say keywords when they call 999, which gets a emergency response quicker. Gary, always good to talk to you. I appreciate your time. It's Gary Sanderson, a retired ambulance officer. 08459 455555. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. In it. In it, though. It is, though. You're right, Kels. Yeah. What's wrong, mate? Me? You look a bit confused. Uh, no, nothing. You sure? Yeah. What's wrong? Loving it. That's you, a loving it face. Sh- okay, sure. Everything what? all right? Over, everything all right there, though? Yeah. Yes, everything all right with. Everything you? is absolutely fine in here. You sure yeah. everything's all right there? Yeah, totally. Okay, you got everything that you need to yeah, do your yeah. job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything you need to do your job. Every single you thing. Take, oh, you've taken my phone. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're such a plum. Where is it? I've hidden it. Brilliant. Thanks. You're welcome. Kath was in on it. No. I no, wasn't. I told you I was doing it, and you went, yeah, go on. Am I near it? No. Is it in your... Well, studio? I mean... No. Is it up high? Don't put it up high. It's That's not up high. It, well, you would consider it high. I would consider <laughs> it waist height. Adult height, if you will. Yes. Is it in here? No, 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 no. It's not in there, no. Is it in with you? No. No, why would he do that? He's on air. No. Oh, wait, I'll tell you what we'll do. 08459 455... Can't it. You've got my phone. No, I'm telling the listener. All oh, right. Uh, we can play Let's Hunt uh, for Kelly's phone. It's a slow news day. 084. Oh, no. Should we give her number out and let them no. ring? <laughs> it's on silent, anyway. 077. <laughs> 08459 Right now, that's Kelly's uh, mobile phone number. You call it and we'll play... Um, uh, <laughs> pwn the phone. Pwn the phone. Bring the phone home. Kelly's... Smelly's Bets KB phone home KB phone home Bets is um, uh, uh, box of numbers. What? So what's the game? We're gonna fi- they're gonna phone up. Yep. And they're gonna find your phone for you live on air because there's no news worth presenting. There is actually we've got a busy show, but that's that's the kind of guy. That's how generous I am. I'm gonna help. I'm gonna get the listeners to help you find your telephone. Is it in here? No. Is it in that studio? Might be. Is Might it- not be. Oh. Might be in that one. That's what I just said. I know. Could be anywhere. Except it's not in this one. Or is it? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. We're having classic bands. I hope uh, you're enjoying it. They're there now. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, there's a lane closed on the exit slip road, anti-clockwise at Junction 21 for the M1 with queues, and that's for the northbound M1. And on the M1 southbound, that's really slow between Junction 12 for Flitwick and 9 for Redbourne. It's also busy on the M40 out of London from the Swakeley's roundabout all the way to the M25. And it's busy in Amersham on Gord Hill that's looking slow from the A413 to the A40 London Road. On the trains, Great Northern have delays between Hatfield and Welling Garden City, and also on the London underground the Bakerloo line has minor delays between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wilson as Cold. because of a problem with the Cold. track at Wilson Sorry, we're trying Junction. to play uh, we're trying to play find Kelly's phone <laughs> and I'm doing the hot and cold 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 oh, Sorry Sam have you finished? <laughs> yes finished thank you nice one mate cheers <laughs> oh. well, we may never know her name cold is it in something yes yeah. a building no oh ah Interesting. Is it under something. Huh? Hmm? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. 
8.15, it's Tuesday the 2nd of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police needs a new Chief Constable after the announcement that Colette Paul is stepping down from the job. Tributes are being paid to the former Liberal Democrat leader Charles Kennedy, who's died at the age of 55, and it's being claimed that long shifts are putting the lives of ambulance drivers in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire at risk. 08459 BBC Three Counties Radio. Breathe. Breathe into it. Breathe oh, into it. I can't breathe. Getting older. I know. I was uh, hosting an event last night and it dawned on me, I'm fat, I'm old and I'm really unfit. Just getting up and down the stage. It was such hard work. And I, was, there was some young, I was presenting it with a, a, a young American lady who's got to be like 23 or something and she was bouncing all over the place. I'm like, whoa, just hold on a second. I'll, be, I'll catch you up in a minute. It was awful. What happened to your personal trainer? Hmm? What happened to your personal trainer? I don't know. Uh, uh, what's he talking about? I can't remember. No, I don't think that was a... What? I don't think that happened. What, when you went in your fit stage? Sorry? With your personal trainer? I don't know what you're... Uh, man, you've outed me, haven't you? You just outed me on air. What happened? I got bored. What? I didn't like it. They make you work so hard. It was horrible. I was sweating and wanted to throw up. And I had to pay her for that. It was horrible. You sacked your personal trainer? Yes, I did. I sacked her off. I say sacked her. I just stopped going. Right. And ignored her phone calls. <laughs> no, you did Yes, I did, Did mate. you? She was fierce. She could have totally killed me. She was vicious. So that ended. And it ended badly. It's not a period of my life I'm proud of. I wanted to talk about, so thanks. Oh, sorry. I, I, I noticed you've gone a bit quiet about your personal training yeah. and your fitness. But I made the mistake of talking about it to people on air. Yeah, I should have kept that secret, and now everybody knows. Oh. I couldn't. I couldn't hack the pace. Well, that's okay. The pace was very pacey. So, are you doing any kind of exercise or? Uh... Well, I'm going to have a little sleep later on today. <laughs> so that's quite uh, exhausting for me. Mm. No, none of that. I just need to eat better and do something. It's mainly diet. Yeah. It's my problem. Yeah. And booze. Oh, it's a bit of a booze. I know. What have you got on your show today? Well, we're going to do this dog story, this local dog story today. And, oh, yes. and the reason why we're going to do it, um, it ties in very much with the story. I'm sure you will have heard it. I know yep. you're an avid fan of my Consumer Hour. I love it. Um, an issue that we've been dealing with in my Consumer Hour. We're going to discuss from nine this morning if you agree with councils that insist that dogs are kept mm. on leads. More than 3,000 people have responded to a consultation in the Three Rivers District Council area as the executive decides whether or not dog owners should be told to keep their animals on leads. Well, if this takes place, this will be the latest council to move in this kind of direction. Already we know in central Bedfordshire there are designated public areas, mm. whereas a dog owner you're not allowed to let your dog off a lead. Uh, Bedford Borough Council, they certainly seem to be moving in that direction as well. But is that fair? Is that reasonable? I bet you're one of those people who thinks dogs should be kept on a lead all the time. No, I think in, um, like... No, 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 no. I, I think if you're walking down the street, then oh. yes. Uh, but I mean, when we used to have a dog, we used to take her over to the fields near us, Vernon Beaches, and we'd let her off the lead. I think that's kind of acceptable. I don't think they should, near kids, like, playing areas, they should probably no. be on a lead. But, um, yeah, big open fields, yeah, go on, go on, girl. 
Well, that's interesting because, yeah. of course, you would not be agreeing with some of these councils now that are are, are designating parks yep. and entire open spaces completely dog on the lead. I think that's a little unfair, yeah. Do you? Yeah, I do, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah and I don't even like dogs. Very Well, that's why I thought you were going to say, I think dogs should be kept on lead 24 hours a day. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time since I had a dog. We had a Cocker Spaniel and, uh, you know, one of the, the her joys was being let off the lead and, and running around and going crazy. And if you know, we saw there were kids near, we, we'd be sensible and put her back on the lead. You can't exercise a dog on a lead, can you? How refreshing. There you go, you see. How refreshing. Well, from nine this morning, we'll debate this. Do you agree with councils that insist that dogs are kept on leads? Your views? 08459 455 555 from nine. Get ready for BBC Music Day across the BBC. This Friday is the first BBC Music Day. It's a day of celebration, bringing people together through music. You can join in with one of the live performance events, watch and listen on TV and radio, or share your musical stories online. A day of special musical events across the UK and on the BBC. For all the details, search online for BBC Music Day. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, yeah, that's the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome to. If you don't, well, you don't have to. We really, we really uh, don't mind. Hey, I'm glad that the... the, the, the f- are we doing this story? Are we doing a collect poll? Are we going to... No, we're going to do this. OK, fine, we're going, to, we're going to the newspapers and do this because um, I'm glad the French are doing this. The French are doing something good for a change. There's this fashion has started, this trend, and I saw it in Copenhagen about... Five years ago, right? The first time I'd seen it. And it's kind of sprung up everywhere. And everyone goes, oh, isn't it charming? Isn't it sweet? Isn't it cute? No, not charming, not sweet, not cute. It's this thing of um, lovers putting padlocks on um, bridges. Oh, crying out loud. Lovers putting padlocks on bridges to celebrate and signify their love. You make me puke. It looks flipping awful. It looks common. It's mess. It's vandalism. The padlocks that adorn a bridge across the Seine are to be removed because their weight is putting the 19th century structure at risk. Yesterday, workmen in Paris started removing the hundreds of love locks. They're not. They're not. Do you know who came up with the idea of doing this? Steve Yale. Don't know if that's his name, but you go to those bridges, and there are loads of um, market traders selling padlocks at an inflated price. Fifteen quid for a padlock? Jog on, fella. It's the end of the padlocks, says Deputy Paris Mayor. They spoil the aesthetics of the bridge. Oh, well done, you. Are structurally bad for it and can cause accidents. Oh, I don't know about that last bit. Uh, the existing railings will initially be replaced with panels oh, covered in street art. Dearie, dearie, dearie. It, they're horrible, those things, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, horrible. I hope they all break up. The best, the best one I saw was in Copenhagen. It was a big one, right? So they're all like normal padlock. There's a big one. Tough guy. And it was... Um, What's he hiding? No, hang on. I can't remember the fella's name. Um, oh, yeah. From Christopher to all of his fans. Oh, uh, Thank you for our very special love. Uh, now, if a pop star from the 70s and 80s uses the phrase special love these days, you know what I mean? I smell a court case. But 
I just thought, oh, it was, and it was massive, this padlock, and you thought, oh, that was disgusting. Overcompensating. And they put these things, it's horrible. It's really, co- it looks it's common. It's the bridges as well. The bridges of Paris are beautiful. Yeah. Annie's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Annie. Morning, Ian. What have you got for us? I'm absolutely fuming. Hey, hey why is about that? About the BGT. Oh, about now the listen, results. they've got, listen, we, we recognise them now as a, as a gender. It was absolutely disgusting. Oh, you mean Britain's Got Talent? Sorry, yes. Cheated us. Cheated all the people. Who? The magician? That's not real magic. No, not the magician, the dog. Why? Because the dog was a stunt dog. It wasn't the dog that everybody voted for. What do you mean it was a stunt dog? It was a stunt dog that did the trick. The Matisse wasn't Matisse, it was another dog. But there were, So there were two dogs doing tricks? There were three dogs altogether. It's in the paper this morning. Well, then give them three times the prize money. Well, I think it's disgusting. What? But I don't understand why you think... You, you saw a dog climbing on a rope. Yes, and it wasn't Matisse. Well, why does that matter? Well, because it cheated the people. What? The people how... thought it was Matisse. But how was... You, you saw a dog climbing on a rope, yeah? Yes. And were you happy with that? It wasn't climbing on a rope. It was it was walking on... It was doing a stunt. Right, but you saw it... Excuse me eating. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit <laughs> lightheaded. No, I know. It's really rude. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit lightheaded, and um, somebody's having a bit of chocolate. You're all right, Ian. Thank you, my darling. Um, <laughs> but you saw a dog walking on a rope. It wasn't... It was a tightrope trick. Yeah. It was done, supposedly, by Matisse. Yeah. That did you was the see dog everybody was voting for? Uh, uh, Annie, did you see a dog walking on a tightrope? Yes, and it was wonderful. Beautiful. Trick. Yeah, great. Well, then yeah, what? But you're... it was treating the people. But the it was people right, were did... thinking it was Matisse. If it had a harness, then I would agree with you. Well, I go, it well... wasn't told that it was another dog. But why does that matter? Well, it does matter because it's cheating the people. But why? This is what I want to get to, Annie. Oh. Why does it matter? It matters because they were cheating. The people thought it was Matisse. But where's the cheat? You saw a dog walking on a rope, and yes, if that, but, that made you happy. But it wasn't Matisse, the dog everybody was voting for. But why does that matter? Because it matters as cheating the people. But I don't understand why it's cheating. It's cheating. It should be disqualified. That young fella that was singing was the best on that show. Who did and you he, vote for? I voted for... Uh, Isaac, the the young fella. Isaac, okay, he so uh, ah. wonderful. So you're upset? Yes, I am. That I'm fuming. You're upset that Isaac, the one you voted for, got beaten by a dog, basically. No, no, no. Yeah? The, the choir got beaten by the dog. Who's Isaac then? Isaac's a young fella of fifteen. He was wonderful. Did he get beaten by the dog? Yes, well, the, three, the other two got be- beaten by the dog. I didn't see it. I don't know who these other two are. Oh, well, you have to re- watch the programme nah. because it, everybody was cheated that night. You're furious, aren't you? I am, and it's in the paper this morning about it. Simon Cowell's going crazy. He didn't even know that that, that wasn't oh, the dog. Oh, Annie, Annie. Simon Cowell oh. manages that show within an inch of his life. Yes, he, he knew be. exactly what was going on. Well, he said in the paper he didn't know nothing about oh, if it. If it's in the paper, it must be true. He knew everything about it. And I love that programme. I watch it all the time, what's, religiously. What's your message to Simon Cowell? Simon Cowell, well, he should have told the people, even the, the, the trick about the helicopter, that was a poop. Pure trick. Hang on, what trick about the helicopter? About the, the magician that that made a helicopter come onto the stage it was without ma- nobody knowing. Yeah, it's a magic. You're like Justin Dealey saying, <laughs> if magicians can make cards into £20 notes, why aren't they millionaires? <laughs> yeah. Magic is magic. Magic is literally a trick. Yes, but it was it was, it was was an illusion. It yeah. was, but it, 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 yeah. it just cheat, they're cheating the people. Magicians do, yeah. <laughs> Annie, Annie. And as you say, there's nothing else on the telly. We have to watch it. You don't, you don't have to watch it. You can I turn love off, it. I uh, love the 
programme. Who, do, have, you got, so, have you got someone that you live with? Yes, I have. Well, you could have turned the telly off and had a conversation with them. No, I wanted to watch the You could program. have made mad, passionate love. No, no, no. Read a book. Ian, Ian, you missed out on it. It was... You've got to watch it. Well, I'm glad I didn't, because I would have woken up furious. <laughs> I am, been, like me. Yeah, I don't want to be angry like you, Annie. I'm not angry no more, but I think it... Have it, you let it, it all out? disqualified, that dog. OK, shall we shoot the dog? No, it's a wonderful dog. Which one? It. There are three of them. Let's shoot one of them. Yeah, well, the one with one leg. There was a dog with one leg. He was wonderful. Oh, no, give it... A, c- cut the other leg off and give it a wheel. <laughs> Hang on, the dog only had one leg. <laughs> no, he had three legs. It was oh, called Skippy. Obviously, it? you never even watched the program. No. You're on a different planet. Um, no, I'm not. I'm on, no, I'm on... Everybody's been watching it. Not everybody. Uh, nearly Let everybody. me take a straw poll. Kelly Betts, did you watch um, uh, LGBGT? <laughs> nope. Uh, Catherine, did you watch LGBGT? Nope. There we go. Oh, well, well, you're busy, you lot, up there in the, the station, but... <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. I everybody wish. else has been watching it. All right. I'm just fuming. And he let it go. I will let it go. The, the dog was wonderful. Which one are we going to shoot? The one with one leg? No, he's gorgeous. The the, the, the cheating one. The one that did the stunt. Okay, so we're going to shoot Chase. I don't know what his name was. Yes, but uh, Matisse was beautiful. And he lovely to talk to you. Thank you, darling. God bless you. Ta ta. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you're as angry as Annie, uh, then uh, give us a call. <laughs> Thank you, Annie. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 has delays anti-clockwise because of the exit slip road having a lane closed at Junction 21 for the M1 because of a breakdown. And the M1 is busy southbound from Junction 10 for Luton Airport for 9 for Redbourne. Also on the M40 out of London from the Swakeley's roundabout towards the M25, there are delays there. And in Amersham on the speed sensors, Gorn Hill... Gore Hill is busy between the A413 and the A40 London Road. There are still delays on Great Northern services between Hatfield and Welling Garden City because of a signalling problem earlier. And on the London Underground, the Bakerloo Line has minor delays between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wilsdon, and that's because of a problem with the track at Wilsdon Junction. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. I've just seen Justin Dealey's tweet. This lady's perspective is out of control. I've heard the Vox. It certainly is. Oh, gosh. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Half past eight, I'm Liak knew the headlines. The chief constable of Bedfordshire Police has announced she's retiring just two years into the job. Colette Paul says that after 33 years' service, she wants to spend more time with her family. The former Liberal Democrat leader Charles Kennedy has died suddenly at his home in Scotland. He was 55 and an MP for 32 years before losing his seat in the general election. And it's being claimed that ambulance staff in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire are so overworked they're falling asleep at the wheel. Their union unison says its members are scared about making clinical errors and causing accidents due to tiredness. The weather will be cloudy with rain this morning, turning brighter this afternoon but still windy with top temperatures around 19 degrees Celsius. That's 66 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's cricketers will resume on 44 without loss in the second test against New Zealand, needing 455 to win. There's pressure on batsman Ian Bell to perform after scoring his 22nd test century against the West Indies a couple of months ago. But despite his past performances, Geoffrey Boycott says Bell isn't undroppable. When you've got runs in the past or got wickets, you get some leeway because we know you can do it. But there comes a moment, and this is where you have to assess it in the dressing room. Is he in the right frame of mind 
Tugget runs. Whether he's so flustered and nervous that you think, I don't think if it gets tough, he's going to get yeah. runs. And when it gets like that, you've got to say, sorry, i got to get somebody else, whoever it is. In tennis, Andy Murray's spoken of his pride after extending his run of Grand Slam quarterfinals to 17. Murray beat Jeremy Shardy in four cents at the French Open and it's been five years since he went out any sooner than the last eight. Unfortunately, guys make some of the things that I've done look pretty average because of uh, how good they've been. You know, Roger went through a period where he was making Grand Slam finals consistently and then in comparison to that, it's, no it's nothing but... In terms of the history of the game, there's not loads of players that have, have been that consistent at these events. So, yeah, that's something that I look look at and I'm, I'm very, very proud of. The defending women's champion, Maria Sharapova, has been knocked out, but top seed Serena Williams fought back in her match to win through to the quarterfinals. And in football, Liverpool are said to hold talks with Manchester City's James Milner this week as they close in on signing the midfielder on a free transfer. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at nine o'clock. Nonsense. Uh, let's crack on with this. On Friday's show, we heard from Bianca Stacey from Aylesbury, seven months pregnant and facing eviction. She and her partner have been given until today to leave a house they share with eight others because children aren't allowed. Well, as you can imagine, very stressful times. But uh, a statement that uh, we received from Aylesbury Vale District Council offered a ray of hope. Or so we thought. Ah, Bianca's back on the line. Morning, Bianca. Hiya. I'm not sighing because I've got to talk to you. I'm sighing because this is just, I mean, <laughs> it's so frustrating. Now, so you're going to get kicked out of your um, the place you're in today <clears throat> yep. because children aren't allowed. Um, and on Friday's show, the council gave us a statement saying uh, that you should stay in the house until the landlord got legal papers. And they also said, quotes, nevertheless, the council will make temporary accommodation available from June the 2nd if required. That's yep. today. You mentioned that to the council and um, they denied ever having said that. Is that right? Yeah, they said they weren't sure where the email had come from or who had written it, unfortunately. Mm, mm. <laughs> Fun times. OK, well, you you, you kind of cleared up. We gave you a name and you, you got in touch and it was all... You were... Hopefully it was all going to be sorted. Today is the day you get booted out. Today is the day that the council have said they will make temporary accommodation available for you. What's happened? Where are we? Um, well, I spoke to them again yesterday, um, a couple of times, 
and we ended up going to where they have the emergency accommodation um, and we had a, an hour-long meeting with someone up there um, and they gave us the keys to a room, which hey, is good. Hey. Yeah, so we went up, had a look. I mean, I'm not going to say anything, but it's not the best. No, but no. My partner went up there, um, gave it a deep clean for about four hours um, yeah, and we can move in today to there temporarily. And, and that's the thing; so. it's not going to be ideal, is it? And, and you no, accept but that. But it's temporary. So. Exactly. Oh, that is brilliant! I didn't know that was so. the result. That's fantastic. Yeah, but I don't think if it, if it wasn't for you guys, I don't think I would have got anywhere. Well, do you know what? When we heard this story last week, this has been playing on my mind all weekend because it's. I know that, you know when you're having a kid anyway, it's just, it's a particularly stressful situation, and then to be yeah. faced with with being homeless, uh, I'm so pleased. Well, I'm going to bite my tongue. Well done, <laughs> Aylesbury Vale District Council. There was obviously some confusion and a little bit of uh, miscommunication. Yeah. So, what's the plan, Bianca? You get to go. You going in there today? Are you? Yeah, today we get to move all our stuff in. Brilliant. Okay, and then what's the long-term plan? Um, well, I think we're there for probably a few months um, and then get to hopefully move into somewhere more permanent. Um, yeah, if all goes well. Well, you let us know how it goes. Let us know how <laughs> the baby goes do, and yeah. let us know how the, 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 the potential you know move further down the line goes. Yeah, well, I will. I'm so pleased okay. for you, for all three of you. Best of luck. Yeah, thank you very much to everyone. Who works for you as well? Nice <laughs> one. Everything yeah. for me. Listen, it's an absolute pleasure, Bianca. Well done. Congratulations, and I hope that the, 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 the birth is as smooth and as happy and uh, as, as they should be. And less stressful as this has been. Well, <laughs> I, I, mate, listen, the, the stress is only just beginning. Oh, you wait no, till you yeah. bring that baby home with you. That's when it starts to get hard work. <laughs> Bianca, I'm really pleased. Congratulations. Thank you. Take care. Ta-ta. Bye. There we go. That's a nice end to a story. Yeah, I'm really pleased. Really pleased. It's so easy, isn't it, to have a pop at someone in that situation. I don't know why, but people, you know, having a pop, well, you shouldn't have had a baby, well, you should... But, well, that's the situation they found themselves in, and it is desperate. What a desperate situation. Well done, Aylesbury Vale District Council, for, for um, clearing up the miscommunication. Yeah. Is she... Thing is, well, she sounds like she's not one of those. Uh, I want, I want, I want. Give me, give me. No. She's like, it's not ideal, but we know it's temporary, and we're really grateful for it. Beautiful. The fellow went round, did four hours hard work cleaning it all up. Beautiful. Good lad. That's what it's all about. They are going to make cracking parents, aren't they? Well done. Morning, Justin. It's all about being beautiful. It's all about being beautiful today, isn't it? Mm, horrible day out here. Oh. Disgusting. Mate, don't bring the vibe down. We're having a great no, time here. No, I mean, the bants on the streets, it's great, but yeah. um, the weather is just vile. It's okay. horrible. Okay. I'm, I'm worried about this next package. I'm worried you, about you your package. You should be. You should be. This is... A... Okay, this is the story. Davina McCall. <laughs> I mean, really. And I've I've met Davina, and I really had to um, just keep myself in check. Yeah. I heard Davina. It's nice to meet you. I've got a massive crush on you. I have done ever since you used to present God's Gift at two o'clock in the morning. Did you say to her thanks for the shows? I'll get lost. I really like you. God's Gift. I'll get lost, you lot. Great show. I like to offer comps to people that um, <laughs> where it's deserved. Yeah, but come on, make them decent comps, mate. 
All right, what would you say to Roger Daltrey that's better than I like the music you did with The Who? OK, I would say to him, Roger, um, I've always been a big fan of your music, but your music means a lot to me. Oh, here because, we no, go. Hang on, no, hang here on. Here we go. Because when I was growing up, yeah. all of my mates, OK, uh, they were listening to things like he's Gina gone, G. He's gone, mate. He's gone. No, he's, he's not. Off. He's, no, he's, off. he's walked off. He's got off to do Live no, Aid or something. he's still in the room, and I'm saying Gina G, who are just a little bit. I wasn't <laughs> listening to that. I was listening to you with my generation. And he would go, Should... wow. No, he wouldn't. Do you know what he would have done? About ten seconds into that, he would have rubbed his right ear with his thumb. Do you know mm. what that means? What's that Security, mean? Security, come and get me. I'm talking to a <laughs> nut job. So you think what you said, oh, in thanks for the music. In and out. I don't want to waste his time. I just want to let him know he's appreciated. Okay. In and out. When I met Roger Daltrey, I was in and out. Good for you. It was a mercy dash. Roger, you're great. I'm off. That's all he wants. It was beautiful. It was a great moment. It was a great moment. Yeah. Didn't you Special. actually say, I really liked you in The Who? Yeah. Was that the exact <laughs> I thought I said, yeah. I really liked the music. No. Was it, no, I, really liked, no. Oh, I really liked you in The Who. Boom. OK. Right. He knows what I'm talking about. He knows I'm not talking about his acting career. <sighs> he knows I'm not talking about his... So what was that noise? Do you know what? I just think you're, you're very sweet, actually. I do. I do. And I, I mean that genuinely. You know, somebody who's been at the very top of their oh, game. Oh, got it. And, and when you meet somebody I'm like that, you go game. all shy. Very, when, very cute. What did you say when you met Roger Daltrey from The Who? And herein lies the answer. You haven't met Roger Daltrey from The Who, Justin. You're a little bit jealous. No, he's a little, he's no. well gel, girl. No, no I'm he's not well gel. And I'll tell you why I'm not gel. I can smell the well gel. It, hey, what's that you use in the shower? Is it well gel? <laughs> <laughs> yes, He was mate. there. He was there. And I thought, you know what? He's already had one plonker come up to him. He doesn't want somebody else wasting his time. So I just left you to it. Okay, mate. All right. I shook his hand and didn't say anything. There you go, you see? That's even worse. Straight up. No, what, shaking his it. hand and not bothering him? That is him? outrageous, because, yeah, that's a bit that's rude. That's disrespect. Yeah, he, that is lack of respect. It. He still talks about it now. That's he lack of respect. It. That's yeah. lack of respect, actually. That's disrespectful. Mm. That is, I mean... It's not on. He was good in The Who, though, wasn't he? He was brilliant. In, the thing is, he was... But, OK, I thought you were good in The Who. Take that sentence... Deconstruct that sentence. What's wrong with it? You were well, talking to Ronnie Wood. Ronnie Wood, one of the most irritating men I've ever had the misfortune to be in the same room as. What's wrong with me saying to Roger Daltrey, you were good in The Who? Well, it's factually correct. He was great in The Who. Kind of leaves out the rest of his career. He's quite old now, isn't he? He's done a lot of other stuff. Justin. Mm. Davina McCall. Mm. No, that's not the question. You must keep your husband satisfied in the bedroom department. What, of John Lewis? They'll kick you out for that. <laughs> Trust me, I found out the hard way. <laughs> Even if you're absolutely exhausted. Otherwise, he will go somewhere else. Yeah, Catherine has uh, just displayed how that could work. Mm hmm Justin, you took this to the you took this to the streets, didn't I you? I have, and um, you should be worried. Um, I'm in Hemel. This Hempstead. has been checked, hasn't it, Catherine? This has been checked. This audio, hasn't it? Yeah. Okay, fine. Okay. Can okay. I just double check as well because um, I'm looking to move very soon? Uh, Kelly, have you put a bleep in where, where I asked? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank you. There is a bleep in it. Okay. okay we're fine. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm in Queen Square, oh. Adyfield, Hemel Hempstead, uh, the classy ladies of Hemel, and uh, we've been here asking the question this morning: How do you keep your man happy. Here's what happened. All the ladies in the house. Mm. Yeah. Oh, oh. The, the ladies, ladies, the ladies. The ladies' perspective, perspective with Jin Lee, Lee across, across beds, beds, hearts and bugs. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. Yvonne, it's our ladies' perspective special here on the streets of Hamwell Hempstead. How do you keep your man happy? Feeding with chilli. Chili? Yep. Um, 
Can I just give you a fact? Go on, him. Okay. The easiest way to disguise poison is in chili. <laughs> I've no intention of poisoning my husband, thank you very much. It keeps me very happy. Yeah, just a little fact. Thanks very much. <laughs> okay, thank you. Hey, Michelle. LPS, Ladies Perspective Special. How do you keep your man nice and happy, nice and sweet? Uh, I'm a in the bedroom, a chef in the kitchen. That's it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Michelle. You're welcome. Cheers. Goodness me. How do you keep your man happy? Well, when I met him, he was a mummy's boy. He had no money, loads of debt, so he squanders off me. So, basically a housewife. So, so, you keep him happy by giving him all your money? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Lucky guy. Oh, uh, he thinks so. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. All right, bye. Hey, madam, what's this in your hand here? It's a hot dog. Wow, that is long, isn't it? It is very long, yeah. Longer <laughs> the better. <laughs> OK, so we're talking this morning about how you, uh, how you keep your man happy. How do you keep men happy? Keep him well fed. Yeah. yeah, plenty to eat. Man's, you know, the food is the way to a man's heart. But what if they become fat, though? Do, do you then go off them? Plenty sex. OK, thank you. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies, ladies perspective, perspective with Ian Lee across, across beds, hearts and, and bugs. Who's the ladies? The ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. <laughs> Goodness me. And I have to say, those were the ones that uh, I could actually use. I've got um, a whole host of um, little clips here, uh, which can never be used on radio. Hashtag the ladies of Hemel. Forget, uh, Dave on uh, Twitter says, forget m uh, matinee and BGT. There's only one winning dog, and that's the J-Dog. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate your time. Ta-ta. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. That's it. We're done. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, there's a lane closed anti-clockwise at Junction 21 for the M1 on the exit slip road. And the M1 northbound has a lane blocked on the exit slip road to the roundabout at Junction 14 for Mills and Keynes. And that's because of a lorry fire. In Hamel Hempstead on the A41, that's really slow southbound between the Hamel Hempstead turn-off and the M25. Also in Luton on the A505 Vauxhall Way, that's slow southbound from Hitchin Road to Crawley Green Road. And it's also so on the trains, Chilton Railway have delays between Warwick Park through Warwick Parkway because of a problem with the train and also Great Northern still have delays between Welling Garden City and Hatfield because of a signalling problem. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Suddenly it's 8.45. Where did the show go? Man alive. Uh, it is 8.45, it's Tuesday the 2nd of June, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police needs a new Chief Constable after the announcement that Colette Paul is stepping down from the job. Tributes are being paid to the former Liberal Democrat leader, Charles Kennedy, who's died at the age of 55, and it's being claimed that long shifts are putting the lives of ambulance drivers in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire at risk. 08459 Five. Do you feel cheated by the fact that it wasn't the dog you thought it was that was on a rope? It was actually, it was, I mean, it's still a dog on a rope, isn't it? And what do we do to get rid of Simon Cowell? Your calls after the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. It's rather windy outside this morning. The Met Office has a yellow weather warning in place. Gusts of 40, 50 miles per hour, entirely likely impossible through the course of the day. We've got a bit of drizzle out there at the moment as well, particularly down through parts of Hertfordshire, but that will disappear. It will dry out this afternoon and uh, we'll get some brighter weather. We may even see the sunshine by the time it sets. just gone nine o'clock tonight, but the wind is going to stay with us. It's going to stay breezy. Maximum temperature today, 19 Celsius. Overnight tonight um, should remain predominantly dry but we're also hanging on to the breeze minimum temperature down to around 9 or 10 celsius so reasonably mild it's a better day for wednesday drier brighter the wind is less there'll be more sunshine and the temperature will fill the full 19 celsius is his and that's your forecast Every weekday from three, local stories. People in Watford are being urged to celebrate their local heroes by creating a postcard in their honour. In other local news, rugby fans are being warned to watch out for fake World Cup tickets. Roberto Peroni. Now, a metal detectorist has discovered a archaeological find in a field near Royston in Hertfordshire. Taxi drivers in Luton are demanding to be allowed to drive in bus lanes at all times. There is to be a new station at the Leighton Buzzard Narrow Gauge Railway. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay. Well, someone else who's furious that they saw a different dog on a rope as opposed to the dog they thought it was is Robert. Good morning, Robert. Hello. Robert, you want to talk about Britain's Got Talent, is that right? No, uh, the bedroom sex, actually. Oh. Uh, that's what I told the... Uh, the oh, no, oh, no, my mistake. No, sorry, it does say that on the screen. That's come from nowhere, apropos of nothing. Excellent, Robert. What would you like to say? Right. It's basically um, the bedroom tax, right? Um, what I wanted to know is how do these people um, analyse the, you know, if you're actually eligible for a bedroom tax on the size of the room? Because I have a small room. Well, it's classed as a box room. Right. Um, it measures eight by six. Yeah. Now, the thing is, it's not really big enough for an adult, but small enough, you know, small enough for a child. Yeah. But the thing is, it's a boiler room, because it has a gas boiler in it. Right. Could, um, you, fit, could you fit a bed in there? You, just about. It's a bedroom. But you couldn't move. Well, it don't matter. I've, 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 that, that's a bedroom. That is a bedroom? Yeah. But Trust I me. thought, if it's um, a, ga- a boiler room, would it be, you know, unwise to put somebody in where, where a gas boiler is? No. It wouldn't? No. Right. Okay. It's a yeah, what, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm assuming, Robert, that you're you're um, uh, being uh, charged the uh, spare room subsidy. Are you? Uh, yes. And yes. you're unhappy with that? Yes, I think a lot of people are actually. Yeah. You know, it's, it's caused a lot of hardship, especially mainly for disabled people, where I actually live in Patworth, you know. Yeah. Um, people have had to downsize, but those rooms that they had were for, like for medical equipment, you know. But they didn't take that into consideration when they brought in the bed tax, you know, so... Why is it Why is it playing on your mind today, Robert? Because this obviously has been around for quite a long time. Has something happened in the last few days or something? No, no, it, I have um, put in complaints about it, like many people have, yeah. but to no avail, you know. So I just thought on the spur of the moment I'd like to talk about it. Um, not- no... It, well, no, it's, it's it's one of those things that has, uh, has got uh, people very upset. I think, in principle, it's not, a, a, you know, a bad idea. If people have got spare rooms, then, uh, you know, there are families that are crowded into one or two rooms, and it seems fair to kind of, uh, with social housing, to kind of move it around a bit. The problem is, 
there ain't enough social housing for people to move around a bit. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's that. That was the downside. That was the flaw. And um, yeah. you know, the the country um, had the option to uh, vote in a different political party that would have got rid of the spare room subsidy, and yeah. they chose not to. That's right. Yeah, precisely. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Are you upset by the dog on Britain's Got Talent, or is that not a thing for you? I didn't actually. Good for you, good for you. You've got good taste, Robert. I appreciate your call. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five five. We had the, we had the chance. It was about what three four weeks ago, wasn't it? They had the chance to get rid of the spare room subsidy, and, and the country decided not to. So mm. that's that's uh, that's that's that. That's that. Back to dogs. Hello there. Phil's got beef, or rather pork, with Britain's Got Talent. Oh. He says on the subject of Britain's Got Talent, I seriously doubt that those sausages were real either. What? The sausages. Not I don't. I mean, I, I don't know the, what the act is. I don't really care what the act is. All I know is a woman pretending to be a police officer and a man pretending to be a dog, but it's a different dog and it's on a rope. You saw a dog on a rope. What's your problem? Dazzlingly daring. You saw it dazzlingly daring the uh, dudes. Dangerous dog. Dangerous dogs doing its doo-doos on a rope. What's your beef? Call me now. Helen Milton Keynes, yeah. never watch BGT, BB, X Factor. It's turn, I turn the TV off and read a book, listen to music or have a conversation. I know it's a novel concept, but listening to the caller, oh. I understand that Cal must have brainwashed thousands of people to believe such programmes are worthy. Get me Dealey. I've remembered this. A story I wanted to mention to Dealey. Oh. If he's around, he may be in his car now. I've got a great story for Dealey. Tell you someone else is disgusted. Yeah. Steve. Go on, Steve. Just saw a woman drinking a can of Coke whilst driving. I mean, drinking Coke at this time of the morning. Oh, people do. People have um, Coca-Cola for breakfast. Yes, those people are normally fat, but it's Diet Coke, so it can't be that. Teddy, the only time that it's acceptable to have fizzy pop at breakfast time, hungover. Hungover or at an airport. At an airport, once you enter the airport, once you get through the check-in, you're in a timeless yeah. zone. Yeah. You're in it. I've 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 been in when I used to drink. I've been in an airport and, and, and sunk a few beers at nine o'clock in the morning. Beautiful, beautiful. So there's something very special about an early morning beer. I mean, it's disgusting. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's the, the special thing. thing. That's the special. There's no special brew. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, wow. But it's um, yeah. Well, good for good for those guys. Good for those guys. The reason I wanted to speak to Dealey, and it's a shame if we can't get him, we can't get him. It's fine. But. Um, because Fifty Shades of Grey, of course, yeah. the, the book and the film, we went and saw it and it was rubbish. Dealey loved it, loved it. He Would liked you... the psychological aspect. That was it, exactly. He liked the psychology of it, right? <laughs> That's a direct quote. This is a book that he might like to buy. Have you seen this? No. OK. After Fifty Shades of Grey dominated bestseller lists... Author... Dominated. Author E.L. James must have been wondering what story could next whip up a storm in the literary world. And the answer, it seems, is exactly the same one as before. Here we go. James has written the erotic novel again, but from the point of view of title character Christian Grey. So we're going to get inside his head as he gets inside that lady's head. I think we're going to be disappointed again, aren't we? Titled Grey... Should have been called Grey Matter. And released on June the 18th, it's a reworking of the book that was made into a Hollywood film. The Fifty Shades trilogy has sold 125 million copies. James, listen, she's worth 75 million quid, right? Why would you bother writing writing a book? I've had a go at it a couple of times. I can't do it. It's really hard. There's so many words in a book. Because <laughs> you read a book and you don't think that there's so many words in it. But when it's you that's writing the words, it's like, flipping heck, man. There's, there's so many words. Word count is my nemesis. I thought I'd... I once spent, like, about a month trying to write a book, right? And then I turned word count on. Oh. 
I'd done 362 words. It took me ages. <laughs> James, whose fortune is estimated at 75 million nicker, said Christian is a complex character. No, he's not. He just likes a bit of spanky, spanky bum bum. Have that. There we go. Naughty, naughty. And readers have always been fascinated by his desires and motivations and his trouble. But no, they haven't. They just think he's a bit of a plum. Plum duff. You've got any Texas? Um, I've got some. Uh... Oh, go on. Hang on, let's have a look here. Here's one. Um, this is talking about paramedics again. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we're exempt from working time directive regarding driving regulations. Yes, yeah, someone rang up earlier, or, or sent us a text message earlier on saying that the hours they're working sound illegal to them, yeah. um, but they schedule trains or something like that. Uh, we're exempt from the working time directive regarding driving regulations. As an emergency service, I could drive on blue lights to transfer, save, um, say, a maternity case from this area to Stoke-on-Trent, 120 right, miles. Do the police or fire drive that far? And then, once back in the patch, I get sent to another job. But he says, thanks for the mention. You're welcome. Now, this doesn't surprise me at all because we've dealt with these kind of uh, deviants on this show. A mum was so terrified... Is that you knocking your microphone? I think so. OK, because you've been doing that a lot and I've Sorry. been ignoring it. A mum was so terrified of the dentist, she superglued her broken teeth back into her mouth. Think about superglue, right? Have they changed it since the 70s? Because superglue, kids were always getting their eyes shut mm. or their hands stuck to their face or stuff like that. And it doesn't happen. And I've used superglue and I've, I've deliberately stuck my finger and, uh, and my thumb together. You can pull it apart. Mm -hmm. It's out of fashion now, that and putting your heads in railings. I was re I'm reading um, Johnny, uh, John Lydon, Johnny Rotten's autobiography. It's, it's a brilliant book, right? And it, what's charming is he's got so much affection for Sid Vicious. Like, they're really good friends. And do you know how Sid Vicious used to... I mean, this is nuts, don't do this. Sid Vicious used to get um, his, his hair all spiky. He didn't know about hairspray or hair gel. So he'd, he'd wash it and then he'd spike it. And then he'd sit and put his head in the oven for 10 minutes and, and cook his hair. Don't do this at home, kids. Don't do that at home, kids. But he'd cook his hair. <laughs> Honestly, the, the, the John Lydon book, I, I wasn't sure. It's, so, it's such a good read. Mind you, Sid Vicious did a lot of things that he wouldn't do at home. Yeah, oh, I mean, well, again, I, you, took, you know, you, it's easy to judge Sid, Sid Vicious, right? His mum was a heroin addict and she would cook food for him, right? Wouldn't let any of his mates have any of the food. She cooked food for him. And one day he's going, Mum, this food tastes a bit funny. She goes, oh, I'll put a little bit of heroin on it for you. She'd sprinkle <gasps> I mean, it's an incredible story. Wow. Incredible. I didn't know any of this. Really sad story. Anyway, so I'm going off on a tangent. Her mum was so terrified of the dentist, she superglued her broken teeth back into her mouth. Angie Barlow, 48, carried out the DIY dentistry for 10 years. But she... Dis <laughs> Poor woman. But she destroyed 90% of the bones supporting her upper teeth. Ouch. Sorry? Ouch. <laughs> like an old-fashioned ouch. 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 <laughs> now Angie has had to spend, spend her life savings on having most of her top teeth removed, thick pins put in, e. and 12 false gnashes screwed in. The dog walker from Altrincham, Greater Manchester. It's your, it's your lot, isn't it? Lot. Of course it is. This is what they do. Well, I mean, but this is nothing. I mean, indeed, we, we still have the picture on the wall and it will stay here when we move to the new premises as a, a reminder to anyone of, of what we used to be, of the great ship BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, we've got the picture of Dealey with that fella from the market who pulls his own teeth out with yeah. pliers. Yeah. 
with the help of a bottle of vodka. <laughs> anyway, this um, this uh, this mum. Don't do that, kids. Don't do that. Don't put your head in the oven to try and get spiky hair like Sid Vicious. Blimey. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 northbound at the lorries on fire at Junction 14 for Milton Keynes, which has closed the exit slip road at Junction 14, which is causing long delays all the way back on the main carriageway from Junction 13 for Bedford. And also, because of that closure at the Junction 14, if you're going to Milton Keynes, the advice is to leave the M1 at Junction 13 if you can. Also on the M25, anti-clockwise as the lane closed on the exit slip road at Junction 21 for the M1 northbound. And in Hemel Hempstead on the A41 southbound, it's really slow from the Hemel Hempstead turn off towards the M25 at Junction 20 for Kings Langley. On the A1M southbound, there are queues from Junction 9 for Letchworth to 7 for Stevenage. And on the trains, Great Northern have delays between Hatfield and Welling Garden <coughs> City because of a signalling problem. And also Chilton Road have delays through Warwick Parkway because of a problem with the train. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Oh, dear. Kelly, great stuff today, mate. You're learning. Justin, hey, my man. Catherine, must try harder. Back tomorrow at six. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, should dogs be kept on a lead at all times in all public places? This week, many listeners have called me to have their say on Bedfordshire dog owner Lynette, who faces a fine of £50 for letting her miniature schnauzer off the lead in Bedford cemetery more on that story later in the show well this morning we've learned that three rivers district council have asked residents whether or not they'd like a dogs on leads policy extended to more of the public spaces under their control more than 3,000 people have responded to the consultation and dog owners fear the result may further limit where they can let their pets run free well this morning i want to hear your reaction to this do you think dogs should be kept on a lead at all times in all public places? Pick up the phone. Come on and have your say on 08459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first, let's get the latest BBC News. It's one minute past nine. Here's Lee Agnew. The former Liberal Democrat leader Charles Kennedy has died suddenly at his home in Scotland. He was 55 and an MP for 32 years before losing his seat in the general election. He became leader of the Liberal Democrats in 1999. I pledge to you today that I'm going to stand up above all else for social justice. We have to give voice to the disadvantaged and dispossessed. His predecessor, Lord Ashdown, paid this tribute. He was one of those very few politicians who was able to reach out beyond the sort of charmed and sometimes ridiculous circle of politics and make contact with people well beyond it. I mean, it's not an age hugely overburdened with either gaiety or good sense, but Charles brought us in that period decency, principle, judgment and, above all, charm and wit. The Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police has announced she's retiring just two years into the job. Colette Paul says that after 33 years' service, she wants to spend more time with her family. It'll come as a serious blow to the Police and Crime Commissioner Ollie Martins, who recently lost a referendum to raise council tax and provide the force with more officers.